Hello, uh, this is Hamon Red. You're listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast. People talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master of disaster, Josh45. Yo. We have the second suitor, Tyler Brown. Hello there. And CBS. Um, Yo, that's you. Hey. (laughs) See, today we're doing episode number 175. Before we get into the show, we just want to take a second to remind everyone that me and uh, 45 are going to be heading out to the uh, Fan Expo Denver uh, special edition here uh, this Halloween weekend for the uh, Comic-Con up in Denver. Uh, Super excited to go. It's been a minute since we had a big show. Uh, it's crazy in the world that we took those things for granted so much, so it's really awesome to have a company bring Comic-Con back to Denver, pop culture back to Denver. I think that's awesome. So it's going to be really cool to see. Uh, we'll see what we can get for you guys, video-wise, interview-wise, and hopefully tons of photos. So uh, we'll try to take you along with us on the trip as best we can. But uh, yeah, it should be really, really cool. Super excited for another big show. If you're in the uh, Denver area... The uh, Fan Expo is going to be uh, this coming weekend. It's going to be on the 29th, 30th, and 31st, so this Halloween weekend. I uh, hope to see everybody out there. Books we're going to be going over is Arkham City, Order of the World, number one, and Primordial from Image Comics, number one, and Amazing Spider-Man, number 76, from Marvel Comics. And in the episode, we're going to have an uh, interview uh, from the Colorado Springs Comic Con with Tom Wren. But before all that, do we have a little bit of news? What's in the news? What's in the news? What's in the news? What's in the news? Who wants to go first? Me start? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so uh, Marvel announced uh, this week that they're going to be starting a new Silk series in 2021. So the uh, other Spider-Girl. Uh, that's pretty cool. They're going to have the same artist that did the uh, work on the miniseries, the five-part, which looks fantastic. Um, following forward with the art on the series, I guess it's going to pick up from the end of that book and then run forward. So it must have been successful enough that people liked it enough that we're going to get another run for her, which I think that's pretty cool. I do like that character. It's pretty neat. Um, that's all I really got about that. I mean, it's not till 2022, so we've got multiple months before we get a real solicited on it, but I think it's neat. As far as other stuff, uh, one of the first big events for 2022... Um, over on the Marvel side is going to be what they're calling Reckoning War, and it's written by Dan Slott. Uh, the event's going to feature the Fantastic Four, She-Hulk, Silver Surfer, Jack of Hearts, which is a little bit weird, <laughs> uh, The Watcher, which is also a little bit weird, and the original Nick Fury, who last we saw was still Chain on the Moon. So uh, event, event-wise, it's supposed to be dealing with a problem or an evil that was an evil before the original first secret wars so it's supposed to be going back all that way and like that's what they've got listed as basic appearances in the book and dan slot is calling it so in interviews he's called it his star wars and i'm like i don't know what that means but it sounds awesome and dan slot that dude kills it like his fantastic four has been great um his spider-man stuff was so good he's the one that did all that uh doc ock spider-man the superior spider-man stuff and, like, years of amazing before that. So, he's awesome. So, I think that'll be really cool. 
Um, I guess they originally were pitching it last year, and then something to do with the world timing-wise or whatever pushed it back. So now it's a 2022 event, but it looks awesome. So not a lot more about it that I saw, but, I mean, the dance lot's done a good job with everything else. So pretty excited about it, and if it's going to be, like, Secret Wars style... I mean, that's really cool. Sure. I mean, trying to say it's, it's your Star Wars, is that's a pretty big, like... Right, yeah. It's a pretty big thing to say, so... I mean, from a dude that whenever he put Doc Ock and Peter Parker's body, got death threats on the regular, which is crazy. So, I, I don't know, I'm pretty stoked for that. I think that'll be awesome. No? Yeah? Okay. Oh, I'll go. Um, I'm mainly going to talk about DC Fandom. Yeah. So, Black Adam trailer, which I showed you, um, looks... Great. Oh yeah, really cool. Um, <clears throat> really excited. They didn't. Sh- it's more of a teaser, um, and they didn't really show anybody but Dwayne Johnson slash The Rock, um, which bums me out a little because I'm really excited to see um, Doctor Fate. Really excited to see uh, Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate. Well, other than seeing him with his beard and like that like dapper outfit he was wearing, yeah. There's a couple like set photos mm-hmm. and like. I don't know, his his quote is like, all that James Bond I did was nothing compared to this. I'm like, really? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, that's a little much, but, I mean, that's cool. To be fair, The Rock's pretty, I mean, he's a he's a perfectionist, I think, when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, I think he wants things done a certain way, for sure. Oh, sure. So, I mean, I I think I think it'll be good. And I think the all the footage of it looked, looked really, really cool. Um... Then they did a little bit of Aquaman. Not much there other than some behind-the-scenes stuff, which was like, eh, okay. James Wan returning as a director is really interesting to me because normally he doesn't do sequels unless it's usually a horror film. Um, so um, th- that's really surprising to me. Um, I feel like they put up a couple pictures of like of shots that were... I don't know if they were actual shots from the movie or not, but they were shots that emulated like scenes in comic books. So there's a few of those. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there was a couple things that definitely looked like covers of a comic book for sure. Right. Well, they, there some spot online I saw a batch of the pictures lined up next to each other. So, I mean, they look cool. He's gonna have a seahorse to ride, and that's a thing. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, we got a real good look at Peacemaker, um, which I I like Peacemaker, and I liked the new Suicide Squad, but I'm a little. Um, hesitant on making it a, a whole show. Um, I'm I'm kind of like I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure where it's going. I also don't know who Vigilante is. Well, he's a well. So Vigilante is basically just a dude, really. Right. So he's like the Punisher, except not the Punisher. Got it. Basically, from what I know about, there's been a couple different Vigilantes. The more recent one from New 52, I don't think we're using him at all. Um, he had a different kind of backstory than the other one. And then the original one was like Old West style. So like, character-wise, I mean, the name's been around for a minute, but there's been a couple different versions of him. The one that they show in the trailer looks just like the one from the 90s and the 80s. So yeah. I'm going to say that's the version we're using. Okay. Um, Arrowverse actually used a vigilante, sort of. No, they did. They used vigilante oh, I remember in the that. show, too. I remember that. But he wasn't, I mean... He, yeah, but he wasn't vigilante. Not not the same way. I mean, no. moniker, yes, but character-wise, no. Right. So, so it's not the first time we've had one in a series of shows. It's just they're not the same, like... Not that any of the shows really connect, say, with the CW universe is its own thing. But yeah, like, as a thing, what little bit I know about vigilante, he's basically just a dude that 
is out to get revenge gotcha. or justice. Justice. Ju- justice. Yeah. I just, I'm not 100% sure on them making it a full show. I, I think it's really cool, and I'm, I think James Gunn can do no wrong, but I'm like, man, you might be, I, I think you'd, I, I'd be hard-pressed to see that character do multiple seasons for sure. Stretching it, maybe. Yeah. I do like they included a bunch of the cast from the uh, movie. I mean, mm-hmm. we have the two operatives that got stuck with him at the end of the, with the little trailer thing. Right. So, I mean, I like that. I think that's interesting, but yeah, I don't know, like, I don't know how much there is there to mine for, like, multiple seasons. I think the trailer's hilarious. Don't yeah. like it. Things looks dumb. Peacemaker? Uh-huh. You don't like his helmet? I don't like, I don't like any yeah, of it. Yeah, you don't like Peacemaker at all. I didn't. I thought it was dumb. I mean, uh, he made sense in that movie, but I don't think, as a TV show, I think it's really ridiculous. Do you like John Cena? I like John Cena yeah, a lot. Okay. I just don't like the character. Got I don't it. like him as that character. And going back five seconds, I don't like the fact that they're making a movie again. It's the Venom theory of like all these people who used to be villains are now anti-heroes. Like Black Adam was a full-on villain until like relatively recently. Well, yeah, ju- yeah. I just I just read like ninety comics. paragraphs just now, and like. He was. He got ranked in IGN's like yeah. top villains, top 100 villains is number 16. Like yeah. he's a villain. Like he's a villain, and like it's cool. Like I like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I think it's going to be a good movie. I just don't like the idea that they're making like previous villains anti heroes or heroes or full blown out heroes. And which yeah. like they've done with Male- Maleficent, mm-hmm. which they did with um what's the uh, Corella Corella. Which they did with what they've done with Venom. Venom. Like, I mean, they're just, they've done it so many times. Like, Harley Quinn. I'm not a bad guy, I'm just misunderstood. I don't like it. I understand. Just like Joker, they're trying to make Joker seem less of a villain, and Joker is one of the oh, yeah. worst, yeah. most horrendous villains of all time, and it, it bothers me so much. Like, let villains be villains, let evil be evil, and let it be what it is. And it's just like that, that bugs me a lot. I understand. So, anyway. I don't think it's gonna be a bad movie, but like, and then Peacemaker, I just didn't. Uh, sure, we'll see. I yeah, we'll see. Yeah, depending on what character it is. I mean, some of them fall within reason, but. Um. So next would be the Flash movie, which is probably the. the I mean, I'm super bad. The Batman, obviously, I'm stoked for, and I, I've said it multiple times, but I am really excited for the Flash and everything they showed with this teaser looked fantastic um, oh yeah the three flashes the bad suit um the the the, the flash suit with the light up lights coming off the chest oh, yeah, all the piping it looks yeah. just phenomenal i'm really excited and i and i think that ezra miller may have or at least i, I mean i'm basing this off a of teaser obviously but it looks to be a little bit less campy less um Ezra Miller, maybe a little bit more more serious. I mean, with the version we see the most of him, yeah, I think I think we're gonna get a sway of multiple versions. I mean, since we're getting multiple versions of him anyway, sure. I think we're gonna have probably a version that's very serious, and then a version that is is his normal him, and we'll have a version that's overly compensating, at least from what little bit we've seen so far. I mean, that Supergirl shot—that's pretty interesting. She's the third party behind him on the other car. Oh, is she? That's who that is. It's a, oh. not our typical Supergirl, but that's also interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, all how do you know, how do you Batman know that? stuff, because I've seen pictures of it now. Slowed down pictures. And they've said that she's going to show up in that movie. They have, yeah. They actually cast her. Their photos, right. photos came out of her like months ago. The One of the short black hair showing mm-hmm. off the costume. 
like three or four months ago. Yes, photo yes, up. yes, I recall. But seeing her now behind that and having the freeze frame of it to see that's actually her face. It's, her, it's the actress. Because yeah. it goes so quick that it's it's blurry. So you see her for like two seconds and you couldn't even tell it was a Superman suit without knowing it was a Superman suit. Right. But having seen that now and the freeze frame tells you that it is. I, yeah, her pictures came out months ago. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping that this does not necessarily flash flashpoint justice because I don't think you can do all that. I hope it resets things well enough for DC slash Warner Brothers to fix some things and say, hey, this is, you know, multiverse, whatever, let's move forward, so on and so forth. Right. Well, I like the voiceovers Michael Keaton in it, too. Yes. Crazy. Yes, it is crazy. So that's all awesome. Um, One of the Flash suits, apparently the third, it's the guy on the left that's in the screenshot, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely is a bat suit with a Flash Symbol oh. painted over the bat suit. That's cool. So whether it's Bruce, whether it's um, yeah, who is? Yeah, that's a good question. Barry, we don't know. Huh? So interesting. Yeah, I was I was stunned by like I said the suit, the piping on the suit. I was like, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. It looks looks beautiful. Oh yeah, looks great. Um, we also got the Batgirl, Batgirl, a Batgirl movie. Um, talked a little bit to the main directors and uh, the main girl playing back. I'm not 100% on this either, um, but that, that that's just me. Yeah, I don't know if there's enough information about it yet, but yeah, I think it's it's a little it's a little odd. I mean, last time we heard him talk about the Batgirl movie was whenever Joss Whedon was lined up to do it, and then he had all his fallout with yeah. DC and fallout with the world yep. from his big head um, or whatever. Uh, with the DC population, at least, and uh, that into that being a thing altogether. So I don't think this is the same. I mean, it may be a retread of the concept, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I just don't. I don't know if. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not 100 percent on board yet. Yeah, Blue Beetle. They talked a little bit about uh, the two, the directors, the producers there, and the main guy playing Jaime. Um, I know Josh is mad that it's Jaime. This is a weird jump. Instead of I'm sorry, Ted. Ted. That's Ted right. Cord. Cord. That's his name, right? Which I guess we'll see if if they mix the two things together, kind of like the way they did during the Fifty Two, or no, during Rebirth, where they have both of them around. Then maybe you could bridge it in a way that doesn't make everyone. Well, I mean, may, I don't know. There's a whole group of people who don't even know the Ted Cord was a thing, which is super weird. But if they do something like what they did in the comic books, where we have Ted having been the previous, and the Beetle just not work with him, which is how the comic books work. And then we make the main character be Jaime. Then, as long as they make mention of Ted and make him be there to help Shepard Jaime or help him with the technology, I think that'd be cool. But I don't know if we're going to get any Ted. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those where they just cut off yep. the front and they're like, meh, move forward. I, I think they want to um, inhabit a certain space in right in in, in culture, which I, I get. That's cool. Do it. I'm all for it. But I I I I, I understand it. It, it makes sense. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, um, when 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 you have such brilliant characters, and then you want to use the less cool ones, like I like Jaime. Uh, okay. Do you, okay. Do but, you, but I only know enough about Blue Beetle, and most of my Blue Beetle knowledge comes from a video game. So, like, He's got the more interesting backstory with the alien invasion and the talking hybrid alien, like the the onk or the uh, the beetle working with him. 
That's the, the scarab. The, the scarab, yeah. Got that's it. what I was looking for. I couldn't figure out what the name of it was. The uh, scarab having an entity inside of it that wants to destroy all humans. I mean, it, it gives a cool parallel, and I mean, I, I, I like that stuff, but I, I don't like the idea that we're upsetting all of it just to move past the other stuff. Sure. Because the stuff with Ted Cord was great. I mean, he was just a, he's a smart guy. Decided to do what was right and use his money to invest. He's like an Iron Man, except funnier. And he's hilarious. And he goes with Booster Gold, and he goes with Guy Gardner, and he goes with Fire and Ice, and he goes with like like Maxwell Lord, and they get all this like Justice League and National Sash Heroes for higher shit. And it's just like, come on, man, do something funny. Like you messed up so many things, DC. Like right. do this one good. Like it's the Justice League that their headquarters is based out of a strip mall. Like, how hilarious is that? It's funny. And they're amazing. And you have Nort. Like, oh, yeah. come on, man. Like, you can do some funny things. You can make a really good television show, and instead you're just going to be like, we're going to make a semi not not funny at all, yeah. semi kind of serious show about a character that nobody cares about. It's a movie. Or, okay, a movie. A, a B-rated movie, because it's going to be on a streaming service, right? Uh, it's definitely coming to HBO Max. There's no doubt about it. So it's just like, why are you doing that? Sure. Like, if you're going to do it, like, have all your serious stuff and then do your comedic stuff. Like, Shazam did really well as comedic stuff. It did. Did it not? It did. Great. No, it did great. And it's fantastic. So why can't you have cast a Guy Gardner, cast a Booster Gold, like, cast these characters who are hilarious. Booster Gold is hilarious. Well, Ted Cord is his best friend, and they're like, yeah. they're, it's like a buddy cop thing. Make a buddy cop movie about those two. That would be good. I mean, we did a review of that issue one of that series, like, I don't know, four or five episodes ago. Mm. And yeah, it was great. Like, they're both awesome. And there's so much, like, history with those two characters. It's just funny. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I like a Buddy Cop movie. And even, and even though that, like, nobody in this room but me can get over Batman for just five seconds, like, put Batman in there and make him punch Guy Gardner in the face, because that's, that's hilarious, that's too. Funny, yeah. yeah. Like, seriously, like. Be a good cameo. It's like, geez, like. Come on, man. Like, there's so much you can do with that. And, like, you're going to just do the lame stuff? Yeah, well, and you're right. You can have your cake and eat it, too, here, and they're choosing not to do that. that I, I get what you're saying. Why do you always have to do, like... Like, they're not doing Kyle Reiner. I don't see Kyle Reiner anywhere. No. no. I'm not seeing Wally West anywhere. No. No. Either version. I'm not seeing Damien or Tim Drake anywhere. No. I'm not seeing... Like, do you want me to keep going? Like, what about, like, all the cool, like, new wave characters? You know what I mean? Like, why are you picking the lame ones? Yeah. It's like a broken record. They're just trying to keep make work. The, Jaime does have cool things about him. He does. And he's got some decent stories, too. But when there's a pile of other characters... Does he have his own continuous book that's been going well and sells well? Uh, no. Nope. There you go. That's my point. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. And Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, those guys sold books for ages. But the wrong time frame. They're it doesn't all, matter. Yeah, it's, it's current, hilarious. Current world, yes. It does. No, it doesn't because he even the, the that Jaime isn't popular enough for anybody to care about to make a movie about him. Yeah, like it doesn't. It just because just because he's like Latino doesn't mean anything. Like it it doesn't it doesn't make it a more sellable character. No, that's why he only gets eighteen issues at best. <laughs> that's like New Fifty Two run. Even the even the Rebirth run was not good. Yeah, it fizzles out because it's not good because you're tr- it's 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 like they tried to do with New Fifty Two Superman and trying to make him dark and brooding when that that's not who Superman is. Like it does not work. It does like a character has been written a certain way for a certain purpose and he's successful for a thousand years and then you try to make him different or change him up and make it a different character. Like it just doesn't work. Right. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. And like 
That's why Arsenal slash um, Speedy slash Red Arrow, like, you know, it's the same person. Right. It's the same person. It's just another blonde person who shoots bows and arrows that is different colored. He's got red hair. Except one was a junkie. You know, so you're adding something a little bit different. Like, but it's the same character, basically. You know, like, the reason that Damien has been success, as successful as he is, is he's literally spitting in Joe's dad. He's a prick. Like, that's what makes Damien, like, popular. Tim was lovable. Everybody loves Tim. Everybody loves Dick. And Jason, and don't, nobody likes Jason. That's they, a lie. But they love Jason, but they don't like Jason. <laughs> but, like, Damien, Damien is his dad. Right. With, with, like, you know, with having been given everything basically and like been allowed to be a little jerk. So like, you know, you're, you, you can bring those things in and then you get like John Kent, who's just like, he's just a really, really, really good kid. And, you know, and it's just like, you're, you're, I mean, you're having, you know, those things make sense. If you want to do those things, that's fine. But like, don't just make another person, uh, another, the same superhero that already exists and then call him the same thing. And the old one just kind of just goes away and it's just right. like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's too frustrating that like there there's stories that are, there's untold stories that for the big screen that could be there and they're not using them. It's it's gonna fail. I'm sorry, right. it, it it is. And I me being as angry about this is like people might be listening to this and be like, oh no no no. Okay, cool. I guarantee you this won't get like it won't get another movie. Nothing will come of it. I guarantee it. The only way I see it working is if you do it. The, like the way Ant-Man did, where you had him in the movie and kind of passed the mantle to... Yeah, like 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 what I was saying about yeah. doing the New 52, or not, no, not New 52, the Rebirth Rebirth, version, right. Where we had both Ted and Jaime together. Right. I mean, if they did it that way and tried to shepherd it differently... But you can't, but you can't compare Ant-Man to no, the no, Beatle, no. though. No, because, no, not at all. Not at because all. Because the characters are completely like... Yeah, they're different. Like it's, the, the relationships are different. You could have an entire movie... About Ted Gordon. But I mean, no, with with oh, him. With oh, him. yeah, and, you know, and you can have all those people in the movie together because it makes sense to have like, you know, Paul Rudd's character fall in love with like Wasp will fall, you know, like all you can have that kind of stuff, and it's just like Ted Cord is the Blue Beetle, and he was the Blue Beetle for like eighty years, and then you try to bring in a new character to like to update the costume to those kids because they and they killed Ted Cord, like Maxwell Lord shot him in the head, right? You know, it's just like and you want to like take him, but he's like. He's a good character. He's a good detective. Like, arguably, yeah. he's like, there's not very many people as good as this Batman, mm-hmm. like, detective-wise. Like, the Blue Beetle was up there. He really was. Like, you, you take away that detective-ness of who, what Blue Beetle was, you know, and it's just like, and he, it, it, there's just so much cool things to go on. And I'm not taking away from Jaime, but he's not a, he's obviously not a good enough character to support his own book. Because it never it never succeeds. Sure, no. So if it can't if it, if it can't hold a comic book, how how is it going to hold a movie or a TV show or anything like that come off of that? Yeah, you know, put him in put him in a movie. Sure, that's fine. You know, Suicide Squad, put him. In, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't understand what DC's doing, and they're like, well, well, we've said that for forever. I mean, and it's frustrating because yeah, I've always been a bigger DC than over Marvel fan anyway. Like, I, I mean, anybody listens to this and listen to the last. Almost hundred hundred episodes because I've been on this show since seventy five I think close to I mean, it on and off after one hundred once we get to it doesn't matter you've been on it for a while <laughs> forever but like I mean I I'm I'm a bigger DC fan than I am Marvel mm-hmm. but again like I just don't understand what they're doing like you have the coolest characters in comic books and you, you're just you, it's it's being poorly done so yeah 
they're making questionable decisions with all that. I mean, the newest things that they showed from fandom are all really popular, positive things. The stuff they just made mention of, I don't know if it was the test of water or what exactly it was. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the success rate of, of those characters by themselves. Like, if the bad girl could do a full movie, sure. You know, not any reason that she couldn't. There's plenty of material about Barbara, so sure. This doesn't seem to be the same Barbara we were used to, which is whatever. But when it comes to, like, picking and choosing between your, your C and D level characters, like you were saying, there's more B plus B, B, B and B plus characters that have had no light at all, and you're gonna go pick the D level version of a character that Again, doesn't sell books the same way. He works good in teams. He does. Right. And that if you watch the Teen Titan animated stuff, like he showed up in the animated animations too. And he's good in there. But it's a team element, not a solo movie. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. And maybe once we get closer, things will look different. It does have cool aesthetics. So if nothing else, visually, it's pretty. Yeah, visually, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, speaking of animation, they had, I think, four different new DC animation films. Um, Announced, uh, Catwoman, uh, DC Pets. I forget. Anyways, but it, it's kind of the start of their new because the the old DC universe, as far as animated, is over. It right. ended. So this is the kind of uh, the start of the um, the new universe. So I mean, the shots of this crypto the super dog look real fun. Yeah, when it's the Rock and uh, Aces. Yeah, as as uh, or Ace. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kevin Hart as Ace, which is which is funny, but. Um, and then lastly, the Batman. Did you watch the trailer, Josh? Yeah. What'd you think? Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like, uh, well, I played it on Sunday for everybody. Uh Uh-huh. I thought I played it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I wasn't here when you did that. I played it. I played it for, was I here when you did that? I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I played it for CBS and I don't remember. Anyways. I probably saw it before all you guys Mm because it was up at like, Two in the morning. Maybe, yeah. Like, I well, sleep, yeah, so I was like, watching it with you and Huff uh, um, the other day. Yeah. Yeah, um, good, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm looks, excited. It looks really cool. I mean... You got the Bale talk. You got the Bale speaking. They're like, I'm Batman. Yeah. And you got the painted black eyes, but then he doesn't wipe it off, which I think is hilarious. I mean, the Batmobile, I think, looks kind of ridiculous. I think it's, it, it's supposed to look a little more, more homemade. Okay, and then as opposed to Wayne, I, I like Andy Serkis's Alfred. He seems cool. I do like that. Uh, I like the gangster penguin. Yes, I like that. Um, trying to make the Colin Farrell. Sorry, uh, make the the Riddler more of a serial killer rather than just like a bad guy, like a campy bad guy. I think it's interesting. I think it'd be kind of cool. I, Paul Dano's great. I, I just don't see him doing a bad job. I no, I don't know. I know. I think it's a good idea. They're making him a, a serial killer, basically. Right. It's an interesting twist to the character that's not normal. But they've, I mean, they've gotten darker with him in the comic books since. But have they? Yeah, yeah, they have. Um, well, you can't just have a guy that's just like, I mean, he's like, oh, riddle me this. I'm going to do this thing. It's just like, okay, yeah. like rob a bank. Like, who cares? A little much from the old days. It's yeah. just like, yeah, you got to make him do something different. So no. I like, I like, I don't know the few pieces that you see, sort of of him. It looks creepy. It's like so creepy. The yeah. shot, the shot that gets me is that when they're fighting in the hallway and he's just taking bullets to the chest. And yeah. I'm like, oh man, that Batman? looks cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I do, I do like that a lot. My so my, my my whole thing with with the Batman is if you're gonna just do a bunch of standalone like DC movies, 
then that's fine. It's it's kind of like Batman's at a point where we were with Spider-Man for a minute. We're just like, okay, we've had... This is our third Spider-Man now, and obviously we don't need to retell the origin story again. Like, what what are we going to do with this? Like, you know, we've seen all these characters that... I mean, really, pretty much seen every bat... Have all those main bad guys before in film form. You know, we have. Like, even if they're terribly done, you see sure. them, like... Right. And it's just like... At- Two Banes, one... One poison ivy. Hmm. I mean, far as bad guys, multiple jokers, scarecrow, couple different cat women, scarecrows, cat women's. You know, it's just like one two face. No, two two faces. Two two faces. Two two faces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like two joker. You know, you've seen like yeah, a list wise, all the list has been done. Okay, and so at a certain point, like you have to just like, is what you're going to do? Is it going to carry on? Like, are you just trying? Are you just throwing it out there at this point? Are you just throwing some at the wall, so it's seeing what's going to finally stick? Because it looks really good. Like, I'm, I'm very, like, trailer wise, I'm very impressed. Right. But again, like, what are you doing? Like, what's your end goal? Like, you know, like when they when they came out of the Dark Knight trilogy and then they made Man of Steel, it seemed like they were on track for the DC universe, like cinematic universe to be, everything was like, if these people existed in real life. Mm-hmm. And it was, that's a gr- brilliant idea. Sure. And I think this movie is going, it harkens back to that. Like, it's like, it's going back to like, this is, looks like something that w- could exist in real life. It's not getting all campy. You know, and like, when he did Batman be Superman and like, you know, they they started they try they they, they tr- again we've had this conversation a thousand times like beating a dead horse but like they started bringing back like to trying to bring themselves to like on par with Marvel it's like you're not Marvel don't do what Marvel's doing because Marvel has a success like you don't have to copy them right. do your own thing right so it's just like I've always liked the idea of a of a comic book like a cinematic comic book universe of like what if these people existed in real life like how would that look. Like a Gotham City where like Batman was like, like, like the, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy like made sense. Like Man of Steel made sense. Like what if Superman existed in, in people would be like, oh my gosh, what is this right. person who can fly and lift? Like, you know, it's incredible. And they were on, I thought, I felt like they were on their way and they kind of crapped the bed. Sure. Again, because having a, you know, like we're, we're talking about fandom. So I just, I keep getting disappointed and like, I still really love Henry Cavill, so like I really hope they don't give up on him as Superman. But like I liked the I like the idea of what's his face as Batman. I like a younger Batman. I don't I don't I don't want a fifty year old Ben Affleck Batman. Sure. Like, the t- like I liked the suit. Sure. The Ben Affleck suit was good. You know I don't di- I, mean, I didn't dislike that and stuff, but it's just like I want a I want a Batman that's going to be around for a minute. It's kind of like James Bond. Like I want someone that's going to be around for a minute. I don't want like a super old boring. Okay, and like I just don't. I never like Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't. Contrary to what Skip says, I don't. I think it's a dumb idea. Yeah, I don't. I never. I never disliked the Ben Affleck Batman. I didn't like that they opened up starting him being as old. I mean, adding the grade of his hair and like showcasing it the way they did sold him as too old in the first place. Well, they and they already had it as where like all of the bad guys already found out who he was. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, like the mansion's already burned down. It's like, come on, man. Like. So you're just you're you're skipping. Yeah. You're going from the like you're going from A to Z. 
No, Q. 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 You're going from A to 27. Yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah that's on the better. Same, yeah, we're like, yeah. wait, wait, what? We're on the same right. track, yeah. It's just like you kind of, like, you kind of, yeah. K, you know? The jumping point between those two things is like they, they said, oh, you know, we don't need to do the origin story. Let's just start um at the end of the story. Hang on, what? You know, when Pat Pattinson has the jaw, like, I don't necessarily like the helmet. Yeah. Like, the helmet looks a little funky to me. I think so, too. But, I mean, overall, like, I'm stoked on it. Like, I think it looks cool. Like, I hope the story's well. Like, the cinematography looks incredible. Like, it, 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 it you know, they filmed cool. a ton of it in London. Right. Which, like... It's got a gothic look regardless. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks... Just naturally. Cool. I hope the story's really good, you know? Like, I really do. Like, I hope they really bring in, like, his... You know, like, I hope they really u- utilize Alfred. Like, I think that that could be... A, I mean, because Circus is y- a little bit younger than, like, Alfred's have been in the past. And I hope that they utilize that and make him, like, as cool as he can be. I mean, I don't know. I, d- I, I have a lot of hope for it. Sure. Um, that's that's my thing. I have a lot of hope for it. And, like, and I... I I I don't want to think I don't want anybody to think that I don't like Batman because I do like Batman, but we spend a lot of time talking about Batman on every podcast we do, and it's like sometimes I'm just like over it. I'm just like do it well and let's move on. Sure, let's see some other cool things. Let's let's see a Green Lantern movie for once. Like let's see a really good Green Lantern film. Like that's going to be done well. We're supposed to be doing that show. That show. I don't think that's ever going to get out of development. Purgatory, honestly. I thought the same thing about The Flash, and the only person that was shepherding that thing, and if I can give the kid any credit was at all, Ezra Miller. Was Ezra yeah, Miller. You're right, yeah. Because if he didn't continue to stick to it, pushing it and It'd pushing it and pushing dead it, in the water still. it wouldn't be happening at all. You know, and him playing himself in, like, the, the Crisis and Infinite Earths TV show stuff, like, and, like, them meeting one another. That was cool. That was really cool. Cool idea, you know, like, you're, people are like, oh, cool. Like, they're, like, they're, like, showing that there's different universes, you know, and, like, the Keaton Batmobile, like in the, in the end of that teaser trailer, yeah. I thought was cool. That was great, you know. And he said he's the one that edited that to like throw that to everybody. He's like, I took some footage for myself and threw this together for you guys, like so you could have a little bit of something. Like, like I don't know if you saw that talk. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, so I, him and him and one of the guys from the staff. Yeah, I'm just like I don't know, man. Like they can do some cool things, like Ezra Miller with with Pattinson, you know, like. Keep Gal Gadot on. A lot of people like that Wonder Woman. I don't. Have, I mean, I think she's a good Wonder Woman. I don't like right. the Wonder Woman films, but like, what's your name says there's the third one's already in development. It, yep, it's yeah. already started. Yep. So it's just like cool, you know. Like, and like, I think I think young girls, you know, in, in a day and age when like it, like it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl or this or that, and like you like whatever you want to like, whether it's a boy or a girl. Like, there's no there's everything's unisex, and that's fine. On it, you know, more power to you. But like, ultimately, I think young women. Young girls need strong female representation, and I think Wonder Woman rep- is is that. I think like you know, Black Widow is that. Like you know, there's like a lot of cool. Like I think Gina Carano's character was that in mm-hmm. Mandalorian, Absolutely. and I think it's really stupid that they got rid of her for such dumb stuff. Yeah, I think you know it's misinterpreted, and I like sh- like she. If if anything, she's a strong badass character that they like they walked away from and a good actress she did great I she's mean, awesome yeah and she's like she's not your normal like like she's just awesome yeah. and she was like a, a real mma fighter and mm-hmm. she's like a real hard and she's just cool and so you need that kind of stuff and so just because i don't like the films necessarily but i've never been a wonder woman fan right but like you could do a really cool real justice league movie just keep Cavill around because he's an awesome Superman. I don't think there's a. <laughs> I really don't think there's anybody better that can play Cat like they can play Superman. Not right now. No, no, not at all. 
Like casting wise, look wise, presentation wise, no. And he's yeah. and he's arguably he's the only one that's been able to go on and do other things and be fine. Like he he broke the Superman curse. Oh, for Superman. I mean, Brian Ralph's done some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, like yeah. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, we kind of played Superman on that too, didn't they? Kind of. No, he had blonde hair and he like. But levitated. he flew around and his eyes yeah, glowed he did, like he Superman. Did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he basically Supermaned up for a second. I don't know. He's he was in the Legends Tomorrow show and he did find that. But I mean, as Superman, as Superman, yeah. No, well, he was cameoed as Superman, but he played the Atom, so he was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was. He's another character in that show, so he played two different, well, three different characters. He played Ray Palmer, then he played Adam, which I mean, technically the same guy. But he also played Superman in the crossover, right? So yeah, I forgot he was Ray. Yeah. No, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Wouldn't say it's oh, yeah, hugest success in the world. I mean, show. I, I mean, I do like the show. It is campy, but it's funny. But it's again, it's not like it's not a franchise movie series. It's not a huge. He didn't go on to become movie. a garbage man. That's what you're saying, right? Got it. Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, he didn't or get killed by the mob or. <laughs> I mean, George Reeves had a, had a weird life, man. It's original suit, man. The serial. I think that's for a different podcast. I mean, probably. I don't know. It, it's superhero stuff. Anything else on DC fandom? Fandom? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't it. think so. I mean, there was a few other things they talked about, but not anything that was... They talked about a couple of video games, but we didn't really get any release dates. So, I mean, no, we showed some stuff for... two great games, games that I'm both very excited for. Um, what, 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 uh, Suicide Kill the Justice League and then um, Gotham Knights. Gotham but Knights. we did not get a release date other than 2022. Um, Gotham Knights circles around the Court of Owls, which I specifically remember telling you, man, I don't like this, this. and then I finished and I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Right. Because <laughs> it's excellent. Um, now it's one of, one of my favorite storylines because it's so, so, so well done. Um, so I'm super looking forward to that. And then Kill the Justice League, um, is in Rock City's verse. Um, so what happened after Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and then Arkham Knight, um, when Batman is dead and Amanda Waller seems to be having the Suicide Squad um, helping in Metropolis, and you see Superman. And he's looks like he's been taken over by Brainiac, is is my guess. So, but yeah, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. The, the teaser pieces for that look really cool. So, I guess we'll see. Um, but I've got one more piece. Josh, you got anything over there? No. Okay, so this stuff just came out today, and it's it's drawn a lot of. I mean, it's it, it's not going to change, but there's a lot of people that are not happy about it. Um, so you guys know Superman's, like, this, this, the slogan for Superman, right? True justice is better true, tomorrow. Yeah. That's the new one. Truth justice in the American way is what it has been until now. I know. So. That doesn't bother me. As a thing, there, there's some folks that have quit, like, straight up quit working at DC because of it. Um. Seriously? Oh, yeah. There's a colorist, uh, dude named, uh, Gabe Etabo? Etabi? I don't know how to say his last name, mm-hmm. but he uh, he's very upset about it, and he's been vocal about being upset about it. Um, his his father fought in World War Two, almost died in World War Two, and he himself is not of uh, Caucasian descent. Mm-hmm. And he says that that's what all this is founded on, and it doesn't matter how far-reaching Superman is; it's the moral. Or not moral. It's the compass that he's built on from the beginning, and changing it now is just pandering. But yeah, he's uh he's not very happy about it. And I I don't know. I as a thing, 
all positive is great, I think. But I feel like it's a it's a weird thing to decide now you want to change just to change it. It seems like there's no point because the comic books don't carry that slogan on the comics. They don't. Right, yeah. It's not like he runs around and that's in every no. frame. I mean, if... Yeah, it's not in any... It's not... Well, it's in very few of the comics, actually. Right, yeah. And the very few that have it are like on covers where things are being destroyed or things are blown up or the, the flags just... It, it's not something that normally happens in the books at all. It's a moniker from... I don't know. His creation. Yeah, from his creation. Yeah. So it's not a thing that... I mean, we know it. But our modern batch of readers until today didn't have any idea there was a slogan. I don't know if I would give up my job at DC over that. I, I understand saying, hey, you know, um, yeah, I'm bummed that it's not America anymore. But, I mean, again, it, it's a, just like you said, it's not necessarily a negative thing here. I mean, it's, it's a positive thing we're looking at. And, you know, I don't know if I would storm out the door over right. that, you know. I think it's just a little, it's just a little too, I think it's a little soapboxy is what I think it is. Gotcha. It's just more of that soapbox stuff like, we're going to change this just to change it because we want to try to get that extra dollar from the people we're not getting the dollar from. Sure. Because that might change their minds and they might decide to start reading Superman comic books tomorrow because now it's the better tomorrow instead of the American way. Hmm. I'm going to tell you that's not how that works. Like at all. So. Well, I, I, I think, I think I'd be a little bit more um, upset if it was like Captain America. Cause sure. It, 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 I mean, he's wearing a flag on him, you know. So I, mean, I get super- it's, it's in his name. Yeah, and and Superman is is an American icon, and I get that. But I mean, it, it, it's not like he's toting around an American flag every single day. No. I mean, and Captain America is yeah, he's blue. He's blue, red, and yellow. No, he's not. He's not yeah. blue, red, and white. Right. Right. It doesn't doesn't bug me at all. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Well, it would you Cap- give up your job at DC for that? Depends how much I was getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people that work at DC Comics make as much as you think that they do. True. No, true. I honestly, I honestly don't. But, I mean, the thing that I, I think it's weird that you haven't brought up yet is like that, but like you haven't talked about John Kent being bisexual. I, I was gonna ask if we could bring that up. Sure. Is, is that a topic? I mean, it, it, yeah. I think it makes sense for the character because his age is, as a character. I'm a hell of a lot more on board with that idea than I am on the idea of Tim Drake deciding to be bi. Because Tim Drake's existed for, right. I don't know, 40 years? Yeah, 30, 35 years. 30 yeah. years? From the 90s. How long So how long has Tim Drake been around, Josh? 30 years. 92, I think. Okay, yeah. so, so, so he existed that long Almost as a character. 30. And it's not that there isn't people in life that don't come out of the closet until much later, or don't decide who they are until very much later, or don't figure out where they fit in the world till later on in their lives. And that's all fine and well. The main difference is that we have... So much history of the character and so many different relationships fashioned a particular way that he feels like it's a shoehorn to try to get attention. Well, and, 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 and that's where I'm at. And I, I, I kind of shied away from it earlier, but just like you said, it seems that they're trying to get people to look at them that don't necessarily always look at them. And, right. and, and I think the same thing, just like, yeah, uh, Josh said with the Jaime thing earlier, not, not to go backwards. 89. 89, so even more. Um, and so 30, 33 years. The same thing, you're trying to get this Latina X, Latino X population to, hey, look, look, this is, this is, this, we did this for you. Which I get, but again, you're not holding true to what the character is doing. And in Jonathan Kent's situation, I think it makes a lot more sense, just like you said, because, hey, this is a brand new character that, you know, we've just, you know, come out with who, 
we can kind of mold and shape into and, you know, whatever, as opposed to maybe Tim Drake, who has a very long history and um, multiple love life lines within that history as well. Right. So retconning that and changing that definitely makes me think that it's a, I don't want to say cash grab because that's not what it is, but it's a, just like you said. Kind of. Yep, yep, yeah. Hey, look look at me. Look at me. Look, we're doing something new. Okay. Instead, do what you did with Jonathan Kent and, you know, just just make this new character for somebody. You know, that that's great. Sure. I understand being inclusive. That's great. And everyone should have representation. I totally get that. But changing a character at its core that's over 30 years old is different than just like Josh said, Jonathan Kent, you know, just being, you know, a brand new character and, and going that route. Let's rewind 15 minutes in comic book time for a second. And let's go back to where Jonathan Kent was a kid and they retconned him like nine times and age sped him up and sent him into space with his weird, creepy grandpa. Now he comes back as a teenager. Let's not talk about how that's annoying. Sure. And that makes the character less cool. For like, sure. so, I could I could give like two craps about who his significant other is and who he's holding hands with might kiss on the cheek because I don't care but there was only a, like um like fifteen minutes ago when he was an eight year old hanging out eight year old Damian Wayne and they were like sneaking out at night when they weren't supposed to and it was hilarious and they were the super sons and that was awesome right okay it's just like do what you want to do but like the making him bisexual I don't care about. Age, like speeding up his age and making him like basically an, a young adult now just to have another young adult character is dumb. That's where they screwed up. Sure. And I could give, I could, I, I don't care about him having like, oh, I'm going to kiss a boy now. Like, who cares? I don't care. I, I really don't. But that, that's what, that's where they screwed up. Right. Like, well, they burned a lot of time in there for just for the sake of doing it. And they wasted a lot of storylines they could do. I mean, that's why this challenge has happened. Challenge of Super Sun is happening out of sequence with everything else. That particular series have maybe one more issue before it's over, but it's connected to the Super Sun storylines prior to the weird aging up and the space travel that happens literally off camera. Off camera. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. So, like, he goes away with Grandpa Jarrell out in space and then shows back up, I don't know, three or four issues later. And now he's, I don't know, 17 to 22-ish age Yeah, wise. nobody knows. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Say, I'd say that's definitely and, more oh, awkward. Oh, yeah, I got stuck in a space vortex with Grandpa. Grandpa's really crazy. And then off goes Jarrell. He was no crazy before you left with him. 100%. It's just like, okay, cool, we're going to let you go to space with your crazy grandpa that we thought was dead for forever. And it was Terrible a, idea. a super villain for a yeah. minute. Okay, cool, you can go to space with him, and when you come back, you're going to be a teenager, and we lost all that time with our son. Right. That makes a lot of sense. No, it's weird. I, I mean... It, I can't imagine weird. in any universe where any Lois Lane wouldn't just cut somebody's throat for that. <laughs> Sorry. She'd be like, no, you mean I lost all those years with my son? Right. Yeah, it's a it's a weird uh, paradigm there. I mean, it, I guess it works for Rick and Morty, but it's not the same thing, because, you know, we're watching all that. Stupid. Yeah, sorry. It's out of control. Let's talk about how that's dumb and not like, I, again, I don't care about who's kissing who. I yeah, really don't. No. Yeah. Yeah, the Tim Drake thing, if that's the case, Tim Drake should be like 40. Sure. Uh, time is a move for everybody else. They just move you, you know, sideways. Weird. It, well, and then Batman's going to be old. And, and they screwed up, t- they've, they've, they screwed Tim Drake up so bad, and like ruin- they've ruined that character bes- bef- before any of this stuff. Like, again, I don't care about sexuality. They ruined that character 
when New 52 happened. Yeah, that's true. They ruined Tim Drake as a character. He was so cool, and they ruined him. And we've had this conversation on this podcast and yeah. other podcasts. Like, it's they ruined him. He was awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of repair done recently, and but then, you know, as a thing, the fact that New 52 basically took his backstory and just threw it away to give him a different backstory for the sake of giving that backstory like, to somebody else. What, what honestly happened was there was a time when, like, all these, like, current modern age characters were really awesome and selling well and doing really well, and they had, like, like Tim Tim Drake's Robin issue, like, book went for, like, 120 issues or something like that. Cause I have yeah, all, because while, I, yeah. because I have all of them. And Wally West's Flash series went, like, well into the mid-hundreds. Like, continually. And Jeff Johns made the Flash relevant again. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Reiner made Green Lantern Green Lantern again. Like, he reignited the power battery, and, like, he is, like... So these... And, like, they're the ones that got screwed the most out of the New 52 thing. Like, somebody just, like, hey, I like the Silver Age better... And I don't like any of these modern age characters, so I'm just gonna make sure that these all these characters suffer the most. So whoever came in at DC, no, I'm not kidding. Like, because there was, I'm not saying you're. There's a bunch of people who are like, it's Barry Allen, Hal Jordan, and and Dick Grayson. You know, it's just like, well, Dick Grayson's been Nightwing forever, dummy. And Hal Jordan can still be around, and he has been. And you know, sorry, but. uh, Barry Allen sucks. He's boring. He's not funny at all. He's not. That's true. He's boring. I wouldn't say that. His books have been pretty good. Wally West was hilarious. Wally West. He talked trash and he Wally ate pizza. Funny. He's like, I'm eating. This is like my 90th pizza because I'm starving. And Kyle Reiner's like, oh my. Like, they would like talk trash to one and then they were hilarious together. It's just like, dude, like, Barry Allen was boring. I'm sorry. He's like, he was a, he was a, he's a police scientist. Basically, he's boring. Crime scene investigator. Yeah, he's just like, wow, I just don't want uh, uh. like Somebody just loved the Silver Age so much they came in and just like pissed all over modern age <coughs> like, characters and just like made it not good. And that's the, you can tell that like the, the people who wrote all that were like, they were just so in love with like bringing the Silver Age back that they like didn't care what damage that they did to characters mm-hmm. that already existed and that were actually successful in selling books. Sure. You know, as far as series is, the whole reason New 52 happened is because of the the, the decrease in sales. They just didn't know what to blame it on. And that what? They just didn't know what to blame it on. The decrease in sales is what caused New 52 to happen. Decrease in sales numbers. Not longevity of series, but decrease in sales numbers. And it did no, no, re-spike their sales. No, no I, get, I, I get what you're saying. But you're, you're, you're ruining characters that were awesome. Oh, no, I agree. That, like, sold books. There's a bunch of characters in there that all got the sh- that all got the short end to stick with with yeah they got the shaft the restarting of is that what you're things. gonna say they got the shaft the yeah, shaft same idea. John John shaft <laughs> John shaft I do like I do, I do like no shaft. I'm just I, I love shaft oh uh, it's just it's disappointing <laughs> it's just uh, I'm sorry it is yeah, like they, they think they would learn from the past but they're gonna Barry Allen's the same stuff Barry so. Allen's not as good of a Flash as Wally West was. He just uh, isn't. I, w- I wouldn't say that. He's just a different type of Flash. So it depends what kind of books you like to read. They're two very different things, and they're both good in their own regard. When it comes to the Flash... You're not that much older than me. Different so styles. I, so I know that you're not as... Like, you didn't oh, read- I definitely read way more Wally West than, than modernly. The modern stuff, since they switched... I've read plenty of the modern stuff, but whenever it happened... Yeah, I Christ, remember- Barry... Or, uh, 
Yeah, Barry yeah. Allen died Christ Infinite Infinite yeah. Earth and I was like eighty five. Right. Eighty six. Well I remember thinking So you're only a couple years older than me, so I know that you weren't like so invested in Barry Allen. No. So it's just like all I remember in the store whenever they announced that that was happening is a the thing they're bringing back from the dead that all these people were like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be so great. He's back from the dead." And I thought, did you ever read Wally Perry Allen comic books? Because it's been Wally West now for the past I don't know, thirty years. A long time. Yeah. And well, he, I agree. Like like Jeff Johns created like like the like the Rogues, the Rogues Gallery. Rogues and, Gallery, same. I mean, I wouldn't say he created it. I mean, he fashioned it a particular way. Those characters existed beforehand, just turning them individually, into what they are, but like make, making them what they were and as big as they were and all that kind oh, of. Yeah. Like, Jeff Johns them. made the Agreed. Flash as popular as he is. Jeff John made Green Lantern as popular as it is. Like he, yeah, you know, he, like and people don't realize that. Like and you know, cool. Hal Jordan is fine, and you know, at least he's at least he's got like this cocky like attitude or like but you know and he has people to balance him out and like they're like the green lantern core there's supposed to be multiple green lanterns that's great right you know so it's okay to have kyle reiner and hal jordan and guy garner and john stewart which we all know the, the most boring of all <coughs> green lanterns is john stewart sorry i'm with you kyle's my favorite like if i if i had to pick a a green lantern for my my sector of the universe, I pick Nor over John Stewart. Sorry, dude. Oh, he's boring. And he's a head case. I mean, that's true a little bit. He's been pretty good in the most recent Green Lantern story. Nah, he's boring. You're not, like you him. aren't reading the Green Lantern story. You don't know that. Don't like him, never have. That's okay. You don't have to. Current current Green Lantern's been good. He's well, the second half of the main storyline. It's been good, though. I just don't like him. Never have. Do you not like him? I didn't know that. That's what he said. Oh, never have. Never, oh, he God. bugs me. Never have. That's what he said. God. Murdered an entire planet. He should be ahead of case about that. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He believed he did, and that's why. Yeah, he, he thought yeah, he did. That's not. Well, for <sighs> a couple decades, he did until they retconned it. That's how everything happens. In my head, he did because I didn't read the book. <laughs> there, he didn't. So. See, so there's there's the truth. You guys got any more news? No. Okay. Why are you mad about I'm it? Mad I'm just joking. No, I don't have any. I don't have more news. Do you have more news? I don't. No, okay. I was, that was that's basically it. I mean, yeah. I was. They're gonna put the original Cowboy Bebop TV show, like the animated, on Netflix before the oh really comes out. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. And, then, and I guess the uh, Japanese dubbed stuff. Will be the people who did the English dubs for the new live action show. They're switching roles, basically. Nice. Oh, all right. Or something like that. I'm not sure how that works. But. I might have to check that out. I've never seen it. Really? Oh, no, man. I've never. I've never seen. I'm not a big anime guy. And that's uh, the And that's what you said before. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't consider Cowboy as anime. It's such a. It's. It's a start and a finish. Right. It begins yeah. and it ends, and you're just like, oh, not how I saw that going. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I liked Gundam because I liked the giant Gundams, but it, 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 it seems to be just the same thing over and over and over and over. This is not. This is like, yeah. they're bounty hunters and like there's Earth and there's Mars and there's like all these, you know, it's just kind of, it's, it's really good. It's, it's worth checking out. And I would, I would, I would say that you should probably watch the animated before you watch the live action, but because the live action, you're going to, they're probably going to, because the, the anime, the, Animation one was like three seasons. Yeah. And they'll probably do three seasons of the live action too. So you're going to be like waiting, wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. Cause they're so. Okay. 
I mean, depending how well it does. I mean, if it does, if it's well received, then it will get more. We'll get more of it. If it's not, they'll probably cut it off in the first month. That's what Netflix tends to do. I don't think they'll have that problem. Well, the whole season's done, though. Yeah, but once they air it, just like Jupiter's Jupiter's Legacy, if it doesn't get the numbers they want, they'll just unplug it. Like, well, Jupiter's Legacy's still up. It's still up, but it got canceled. But it gets, gets done, yeah. There's no season two. They canceled it within the first two weeks. Yeah, because I mean, numbers. I would, I would say, say that's based off a comic book. Yeah. This is like this has a start and a finish. I would say so. more more people have have heard of Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy oh, Bebop. Sure. Over, oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, different things, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have any reason to think that it's going to be bad. I mean, everything we've seen for it so far looks cool. So we forgot about Sandman. They had a Sandman trailer. Oh yeah. Well, it's a teaser. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was just still trailer. Trailer. Too. Yeah. That's cool. We'll see how that goes. Also, also, also Netflix. Yeah. Right, I was going to say also Netflix. That's what reminded me. All right, well, let's move into books. Tyler Brown, you want to tell us about the uh, the order? Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Sure. <clears throat> so this is Arkham City, The Order of the World, issue one of six, written by Dan Waters. Illustrated by just Danny and colored by Dave Stewart. I have a I have a question before we start this. Okay. You don't happen to know if this takes place in the Arkham City universe like the video game, do you? No, it doesn't. Okay. No, it's connected to the comic books. Okay. As a thing, before this book happened, there was a attack on Arkham Asylum. Oh, the, oh, because the reference yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah Arkham. Um, so Arkham. The A Day or A-day, Arkham yeah. Day, yeah. When the Joker attacked the, the attacked the uh, facility, so Arkham Asylum, and in the process, a bunch of people got dead, including inmates and dead doctors, and you know, guards, even some A list characters got dead. Gotcha. So, as a thing, which we're getting ready to have a book called uh, Task Force Z that returns a couple of them from the dead. So that I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> from the journal of Jocasta Joy, um, the youngest girl in question was named Stephanie. We'd already managed to remove her parents from the house quietly, and we see a young girl wrapped up in a blanket. Um, she looks a little scared, and we see uh, Dr. Joy. Um, the remaining of the police... Um, Sorry, the rampaging of the police through the door would have ended in tragedy. They let me in, go in alone. And you see Dr. Joy kind of squeaking around the corner, and she's got a finger to her lips that just says, shh, be quiet. And you can see this little girl sees her. Uh, she said her favorite color was orange, just like her cat. Uh, the cat had gone missing a few days ago. Uh, it was the first thing I asked them to look out for was the cat. She reaches under the bed, and we see... Rat catcher, and it says rats don't like cats, and he says squeak, and we get our title page here. Um, <clears throat> this again, I don't know if I said chapter one of six. Uh, rat catcher reaches out, tries to get Doctor Joy. Um, she's talking to him, says Otis, Otis, you don't have to hurt anyone, you don't have to hurt me. And he says I have to eat the child, I have to eat the child. Um, is it the rats? Are the rats? Uh, you're the rat catcher because I have to be a rat. Amadeus is looking for rats. And she says, Amadeus Arkham, do you miss the asylum, Otis? Is that what this is all about? He reaches up and he almost stabs her with a knife. And 
we hear, see this sound and he squeaks like a rat. And she yells, stop it. And you see the police behind him, uh, tased rat catcher, rat catcher, rat, rat catcher. Uh, she says, that's enough. And he says, he's going to, he was going to kill you, Dr. Joy. And she says, he wouldn't have. I don't think he would have hurt him. I don't think he would have brought himself to eat the little girl. And, uh, the, the guy says, uh, doctor, or the, you see, uh, doctor. And it's the little girl. And she's like, oh, and she's all scared. And she's sitting in the room when she says it, like... Right, when she says it, yeah. No, like, like, attention to Like, that. he was going to eat me? Right. And she goes, I said he probably couldn't eat you. Anyways, so we're leaving the scene of the crime, and um, I don't think we get this detective's name, but uh, um, he, he, he says, come on, rat catcher. God, you stink. He says, he'll find me. He'll find me. He'll find me. Arkham will find me. Um, and we see the press just, I mean, trying to... Barge through the house, cameras, uh, vans everywhere. Um, and the, the police detective says, get, get these vultures out of here. Um, he says, you know, I can't keep the parents from talking to the press, right? And one of the, well, Dr. Joyce says, well, I suggest you'd find a way if you want me to help keeping you with all these escapees. Uh, if they splash this over the newspaper, Gotham's going to be more than dangerous. Uh, uh, detective says, "Danger, dangerous for Arkham escapees or people of Gotham." And she says, "Both." Um, Otis needs to be in a in a room, not in a uh, cell. And he says, "Well, that's all we have is cells at Blackgate." She says, "He's you know scared. He's you know sick. He doesn't need to be in a jail cell." And he says, "Ratcatcher is working his way up to eating children." Sorry, Doc. I know Blackgate's uh, is only a temporary solution. We appreciate your help. Um, and we see kind of a reporter sneaking around, taking pictures of them, chatting back and forth. Um, and uh, <clears throat> from there, we move to um, Dr. Joy, um, again, the, the from the diaries of Dr. Joy. Um, a few short months ago, the Joker unleashed a new toxin into Arkham Asylum. It killed almost everyone inside, the patients, the staff, very few escaped. Every psychologist on staff was working that night, except for me. It was my first day off in eight days. Today was the first time I returned since what has been dubbed a day. Arkham still, uh, Arkham sits hollow. It has not yet decided whether it will be, it, no one has decided whether it will be torn down or renovated. Um, and she goes on to talk about how, um, they used to be called madhouses, and then they're called asylums, and now they're basically just called hospitals. Right. right. Kind, of, kind of the changing of, of everything. How people view crazy. Right. Exactly. Um, from there, she, she, we see uh, her and um, this, this uh, commissioner, or excuse me, detective, um, talking in their office. She's got some um, almost like, um, not torture devices, but um, older straight jackets and things that were used to restrain people. And he's like, uh, do you do your interviews in here? And she's like, no, no, I do them down. You know, this is my personal office. Yeah. Her menagerie is pretty messed up. It is. Yeah. Some of it's yeah. definitely was, um, definitely archaic for sure. Um, this equipment always stood to remind me of what we were considered acceptable or what were, were, what were considered acceptable threat, uh, treatments methods only short, only a short time ago. Um, from what I heard, you're making good progress with some of them. Uh, psychology has come a long way. Uh, cures are a rare thing in this line of work, so you learn to take it step by step. A lovely sentiment. Are these all your patients? And he picks up these files. Um, and she says yes, and he says, so that means they're still out there. And she goes, well, some of them are hidden for the most part. 
like Dr. Professor Pig. And from there we see Professor Pig um, doing what he does. He's carving somebody up um, and very, very, very satisfied about it. Um, she rolls through her next person who is Jervis Tech, um, the Mad Hatter, and it, she says uh, he's running so fast, um, something bad happened, and it's well-deserved. There's a phantom chasing him. And we get this awesome shot of Asriel. Um, I know it's Asriel because it's the shadow and he's, he's on fire and he's got the burning sword. Oh yeah. And it is dope. <laughs> it looks so cool. Um, and uh, again, the reason I asked if it was from the video game, cause that is exactly what Azrael looks like in, in Arkham City. Um, from there to her next patient, that's, you know, again, these are patients that are out there, um, somewhere. Double X's neck has been hurt. He's been chained to the same spot for three weeks. Um, he would very much like to see the sunshine. And it's this, um, I don't know much about Double X, do you? He's he's an older school character, and this is the first time we've really seen him look this way. Basically, he looks like a lizard, almost. Yeah. Before this, he was a, a doctor, and the dude managed to create a duplicate of himself that was like a astral projection, basically. Okay. And when that would happen, his costume that had an X in the front of it, we created the doppelganger, the, not doppelganger, we created the projection, second him, yep. became two X's. Hence oh, the double X. Okay. And so, other than that, I mean, I don't know a lot more about him because he's, he's an old school character. Gotcha. Uh, before this, he was just very, I don't know, like 70s hokey. Sure. So, if you look up pictures of double X or Dr. Double X, the way he looks there versus the way he looks here is very different. Very different. Um, she says some of, you know, these, these patients of mine are, were in distress and are in distress now, even trying to, um, you know, stay hidden. Nocturna and Dr. Phosphorus are very, very normal. They have an apartment uh, with a TV, dining table, just like normal people. They even spy on the neighbors next door to see if they're living their most normal lives. Um, there are others who slip through the cracks. I worry about those ones the most. Um, there's a man walking in bandages, walking through Bowery. He whispers to himself, silent little cantations. And you see a man who, who looks like Hush, but it, it's not. Um, we'll find out who he is a little bit later. Uh, he buys a newspaper at the shop corner and then goes home and reads these and says these incantations to himself and hopes no one gets hurt. Um, from there, we cut to a person with eyeballs on their hands, and it is the Ten-Eyed Man, and he's saying, I am the Ten-Eyed Man. I can see you. I can see you. He has a man in front of him, and he says, uh, there's a great fear settling in Arkham. Uh, to protect us all, I must perform the ritual. I must have many artifacts. I found hair from a drain, uh, entrails from a butcher shop, but nothing human enough. I was hoping I might lend, you might lend me some teeth. It is, as to say, very, very important. And he's got a, a, a man in front of him. He's like, please, please don't take my teeth. Uh, you're scared with this finger. And he's looking at him with these eyeballs and he's, with these fingers. Very, uh, creepy. You know, he reminds me of, you ever see Pan's Labyrinth, the guy with the eyes on his yeah. hands? Yeah, that's what he reminds me of. Anyways, uh, so he says, uh, please, do, I'll do whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. Um, he's like, uh, you can't see me anymore. You can't see me with this finger. You can't see me with this finger. Anyways. Um, and then we cut back to the, to the, uh, doctor and, and the, uh, detective. And she's like a guy, he's like a guy with fingers on his hands. And she's like, yeah. Um, I still feel like there are rumors. Uh, I still feel like there are rumors. Some things that eyes on his fingers. I, yeah, that's what I said. Is it fingers on? His oh, fingers? sorry. <laughs> 
eyes on his fingers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's like fingers on his hands. That's weird. I'm sorry. That's weird when people have those. Um, Yeah, that's definitely weird. Uh, anyway, so they're, they're walking through what I think is Arkham, but there's a, a picture of Amadeus Arkham. Um, and they're kind of chatting about, you know, do you think he's still alive? Is this a real thing? Um, is it too late in your professional opinion? She's like, no, we can fix things. Um, Mental institutions fail. This is, again, from her diaries. Mental institutions fail because, despite hundreds of years of research into the topic, insanity is not something we quite understand. Uh, from there, we see a man with a what looks to be a bowler hat, um, and he is just charred. He's absolutely charred. And we see that there's a whole uh, menagerie of bodies in this, what appears to be sewer, and it um, is the Mad Hatter who's done this to these people. And um, obviously the... Dr. Joy's been following this, um, this, uh, detective. So they're looking, they're looking at the bodies and one of them wakes up and starts screaming. And the detective's like, oh hell, get the paramedics down here. One of them's still alive. Please someone make, make sure there's no press lurking. Um, we really, really don't want, want that. Dr. Joy, with all due respect, um, please, please be quiet. We need the paramedics. Um, from there, they're just this, 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 this officer is very distraught about all these things that, that are happening. Um, from there, we cut to Jervis, who's running through the sewers. Um, and he's, he's, he's up. There's something wrong with, with the Mad Hatter. He's like, hello. I mean, there's always something wrong with it, but, uh, hello, Mr. Sheep. March Hare, is that you? He's running through the sewers and he's being chased by something. He's, you're not the one who chased me here, are you? He pretended to be a phantom, but I know all Jabberwock when I see one. He turns around, there's this white light and he says, you aren't him, are you? Oh, good to see you. There's no place for me, no tunnel to Wonderland in the Gotham in Gotham tonight. Can we go home? He says. The entire sewer was system uh, system was scoured, yet no trace of Jervis Tetch was found. So something got him. Um, from there, we go back to um, Doctor Joy. She's talking about uh, how you know all her inmates have escaped and she you know kind of cares about these inmates and is, is is genuinely worried about them as she walks back to her apartment um she opens up her apartment door and there is ten fingered man ten fingered man ten eyed ten eyed man ten eyed man <laughs> i keep doing that i keep doing that ten eyed ten eyed man who has ten fingers on his on his hands uh he he's wearing a a mask you can kind of see it now he it almost looks like a disco ball um, so he, he definitely can't see out of his eyes on his face. And she says, Ten-Eyed Man, I told you not to go out. I can't keep you safe if you keep leaving the apartment. He says, I need teeth. I was going to use my own, but then I realized God had stolen my entire jaw. And she says, how are you speaking if you don't have a jaw? And he kind of looks and he goes, he must have put it back. So he's obviously insane, um, which is a shame, as I had to take one from another. She goes, oh, for God's sake, and he holds out this jaw of the man that he was um, there with to perform some kind of ritual to protect us from the ghost of Arkham. Um, from there we go to back to the uh, detective, and <clears throat> the detective says, Mr. Feeman was found in his office. Someone took his whole jawbone without even breaking the skin. And he says, how is that even possible? And the coroner's there, and he says, it shouldn't be. He was delirious when we brought him in. Uh, he managed to write that the man had eyes in his fingers, came through the 10th floor window, and asked the man not to hurt him, so he didn't. He just took his jaw. He says, I never heard of anything like that. And the detective's like, oh, oh, no, all right, I may have. 
Um, from there, we go back to Joy's diary. Um, in the city of Gotham, you have to accept that you cannot save everyone. Uh, take the case of Jericho Herring. Herring. Um, this is the man who looks like Hush, covered in bandages, badly burned on his second tour. Um, and you can see him holding the newspaper, and he's running around. He's, like, scared out of his wits, just humming things to himself. And you see the people of Gotham um, saying, Hey, I've got your number, Archimite. And he kind of just drops his papers, and these people just start beating him in the streets. Beat him um, so bad he's bleeding all over the papers that he dropped. Um, she says he spoke to himself quietly on the rare occasion. He left the house to keep at bay the PTSD attacks that were prone to overcome him. I wouldn't hear of Jericho until the day after the beating, after everything changed. I couldn't help him. I can't help this whole city. But I had already decided that if I helped just one of my patients, it'd all be worth it. And you see the ten-eyed man holding his jaw, which looks to be starting some kind of ritual. And it says, next, the bloody order of Azrael. And that's how the book ends. Some pretty creepy, weird stuff in there. There is. Tonight, man, he's also another like more old-school, weird character, too. Uh, product of accident and then surgery. Uh, blames Batman because of the accident happening in the first place. The ten-fingered eye. I'm sorry. I, same, I, same, I, same thing. I really professor-pigged that. I'm so sorry. The ten-toed finger. I'm so... Stop it. <laughs> I, I like it. I'd, I'd probably give it a... Probably a four. Um, I like the art. I like the story. Um, kind of like it being a Batman book without Batman. That's that's cool. Um, Azrael showing up is really cool. Love that. Um, yeah. Probably give give it give it a four. Cool. Uh, Mr. Josh, what do you know about the uh, the order of the world? Um, I'll say this. I don't think that if it was called the Arkham City, if they didn't, if they didn't put it in the Batman universe, it wouldn't be as annoying to me. If it was just a crime book, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Like somebody who was a, you know, criminal psychologist who didn't go to work one day and happened to not die. When somebody did a terrible thing and killed a bunch of people, and then like is like letting them stay at their house, like kind of taking care of them because she doesn't think that they're crazy, like they just need help. <clears throat> I wouldn't dislike it as much, but the fact that they're just saying they're trying to put everything in this Batman envelope, this Batman folder, it just bugs me. So I'm not a fan of it because of that, and I think that that it makes me a little bit biased. So if that makes any sense, sure. I mean. As far as flavors, I mean, there's there's just so many things to connect to Batman. I don't think this book by itself, it was landed image, so you feel like you feel different about it. If it landed at image, it was just a exactly. It's a different kind of thing. If it was just a book about a you know like a criminal psychologist who right gotcha, it, I would I'd be like, oh that was an interesting kind of you know like so the Batman piece the piece that turns off about it, but the it's rest like, of it, it's like almost like the, you know it's it's a it's a decent story. Like, it's a decent story. Like, I give the story a higher... I'm not a big fan of the art. Um, I give the story a 275. I give the art a 2. So, I think all together I get a 2 and a quarter. Gotcha. Okay. So. 
As far as the thing, like, I don't know. I like the first issue. I'm, the art being as gritty as it is, I think, helps with the darkness of the story. So I think the art fits it. It's not what I normally like in art. That's true. It's grittier than other stuff that I, that I like. But as far as what the story is, I think it makes sense and fits with it. Um, so I, I, I guess I fall between the two of you because I give it a three and I give it a three. Um, I'm interested in what the next one does and I'm interested to see like, how far Dr. Joy goes down the rabbit hole. And if it's something where now she's completely lost and just a servant to the, uh, to the, the ex-inmates yeah, or the escaped inmate, inmates. inmates that are out about. How it actually connects back to the Azrael part of things I'm interested in. So, I'm with Josh. I, I, I mean, I gave, I gave it a four, but if Azrael okay. isn't in this book, I, I don't, I, it, it, it doesn't. So you're on the opposite side of it. It was just a regular book from Image. That wasn't connected to Batman at all. I, I probably wouldn't. You'd fall different. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. wouldn't so the like, the Batman side of it helps for you. That the Azra- yes, them. the Azrael side, the gotcha. character, the, the the characters, Jervis Tetch. Um, yeah, right. All the history of the characters. Yep. Yeah, I, as far as pieces on the opposite sides of it, I mean that would make you guys fall in the middle, I guess. Too. Sure. So I feel like overall score wise, it kind of lands at a basic three. Um, as far as styling, like I like the cover a lot. Yeah, and the like, cover is really cool. Some of the layouts inside are interesting. It is kind of crazy. We're using a batch of really like old characters. I mean, I guess the Mad Hatter's—he's really old, but he's more well known than I say either of the other two are. See, and I like when they do that when they take an old, like Polka Dot Man. Right. I mean, Polka Dot Man was a nobody. He was nobody cared about Polka Dot Man. No, not at all. And then they made him so cool in the movie. And so right. I, I, I like a lot of cool things that they do. That I mean, Ten Eyed Man I didn't know about. Double uh, X I didn't know about. Sure. Um, and I love, I love Professor Pig actually, and they make him look very devious in this, which oh, I, yeah. I enjoy. All those scenes with him in the butchery, <coughs> yes, butchery, yes, looked, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. All right, we'll see. So after that guy, uh, we have Primordial from Image Comics. This guy is written by Jeff Lemire, and the art on it is by Andre Sorrentino. So this guy's issue one also. As far as the storyline series, uh, it opens up and we're in the year 1959 uh, in space. And uh, we get a few panels of space and it's showing space change. And eventually we see it turn inward and uh, we zoom out to see we're f- at the face of a monkey who's in a space pod floating in space. And uh, as that moves from panel to panel to panel, we sort of see this yellow kind of imagery break up the imagery in front of us. Until eventually it all breaks down to little boxes and uh, it goes completely white. And then we f- cut from there to the next page and we are joined the year 1961 in Cape Canaveral. And we meet our main character who's a, who's a Dr. Do- Donald Pembroke. And uh, he's getting ready for work. You know, he sees he straightens his tie, he straightens his hair, he gets all snazzed up to go into NASA. And when he gets there, uh, he winds up finding himself in a room with another man and he's like, um, hello. And the other guy's like, you the janitor? And he's like, no. He's like, I told him I didn't need anybody else down here. I need to get a couple of those guys in here to help me. He's like, no, I'm Dr. Pembroke. I'm from MIT. What is, what is this? What, what are we doing here? What's 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 uh, Project Pincap? And uh, our fellow is in there. He's like, oh, I, doctor, I didn't know. Um, yeah, they should have debriefed you. Debriefed you. He's like, uh, well, what we're doing here, Doc, is not a uh, hand. So what was your name, Dr. Pembroke? He's like, well, 
they told me that I was in the top top security portion of Cape Canaveral. I thought, well, I thought maybe we were starting some starting a space program up again. And he, the guy in there who's currently like taping boxes, says, "Oh, sorry, Pembroke, we we aren't starting anything here. We're taking it apart." Space race, uh, space race for the dead, or the space race is for the dead. And uh, Pembroke's like, "We, what do you mean we're taking it apart?" He's like, "Well." Project Pincap is to clean up. It's a cleanup job. Uh, so he basically informs him that he's there to decide what products and items that they have in the old space program are resalvageable for something else. Equipment. Yeah. That was the big one, I think, yeah. And so Dave, he gets, he gets super pissed. He's like, I have a PhD in electroengineering from MIT. Like, wh- I, I'm, not here, I'm, not the, I'm not here for this kind of thing. I'm not... I'm not here to look at digital components. And uh, the other guy tells him, well, that's exactly why they have you here. Your your engineering degree is what clears, what gives you the insight to know what should be saved and what shouldn't. We're basically here to gut this place. And uh, while this is going on, he starts looking at a few of the documents that are just laying around. He's like, this this isn't right. Something something feels wrong. This Something is wrong. And we see like the colors fade back to those boxes with the crazy, like, bright color flashes. And then we return back to space where we see the monkey again. And we have this voiceover going on this whole time. Um, and the voiceover at this part starts talking about the, the, the heart rates. They're almost doubled, and their temperature's too high. And he's talking about the monkeys in the space pod. He's like, this doesn't make sense. No, nothing out there makes sense. It shouldn't be that hot. And we see the monkey floating towards this giant white ball in space. And there's no definition of it. It's just a giant white ball. And uh, as all that's going on, he's like, "Is there is there a fire? Is some something? There's a fire in the nose? Is the equipment failing?" So the voices on the ground are trying to figure out why this is so hot and why all the temperature gauges are going crazy. He's like, "There's that's just it, sir. The comp- the equipment's all f- all fine. Like nothing's wrong with the equipment. It's just the two of them." And we're talking about the monkeys again. And then uh, we hear this. Uh, we get a flashback for a second and says, what is that? And from there, we cut back to Earth. And uh, we rejoin David as he's walking around, pushing around this cart with a bunch of different papers on top of it that says NASA on the bottom. And he finds himself in the, uh, I guess, the old storage room for the cages with the, with the monkeys yeah, been at. Yeah, with the monkeys been And out. he finds himself in front of Abel's, Abel's um, pen. And we get a shot from inside the pen facing out at him, and for a second, like, he has this whole episode for a minute where, like, he kind of freaks out. And I don't know if, the way it's visually portrayed, I'm not sure if it's something reaching to him or if it's just not, he's aghast at it because the room itself smells really, really bad because where they had the animals and nothing's been done to take care of it or clean it up since they abandoned it. Or if it, so is it really just nausea from that or if it's something else? Because the way it's depicted, uh, it makes me question it. Um... But as he's, like, having his moment, and he, like, covers his face, and he sort of stumbles, uh, another voice from behind says, Pembroke, are you okay? He's like, oh, yeah, just just fine. Just weird smell, and, and it's nausea. I felt nauseated. And uh, we cut from there to the other guy who comes up to him. And he's, it's another dude that's a bald guy. He was, he was in the other room also doing stuff. And he's like, uh, yeah, so I found these pages. Um, I figured someone needs to look at it. I mean, you're, you know, you, you're smart enough to know what this stuff is. And he tells me, yeah, the smell in here is just from when they had the monkeys in here. And Pembroke's like, yeah, I guess it's, it's there's not much we can use in here. It's just, you know, 
It's just where the animals lived. And he's like, uh, well, not unless you need the cages to hold the Russians, right? Because <laughs> this is still taking place. This is the 60s. We're Six, still, 61, right? Yeah, yeah. 61's the Iran. So we're still, I mean, during the Cold War and all that Nixon time. He's like, yeah, you can use the cages for the Russians. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sorry about the, sorry about earlier. Uh, those guys back there in the forest, they're not, they're not real good with, with dealing with new people. It makes you feel any better. When I got here, they, when I got the call, I thought maybe I was going to the moon. So this guy is obviously overqualified too. Now, how we're qualified? No idea, because we don't get too much more about him. He's like, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess we've, we're not going to go there, is what David says to him. And the guy hands him this stack of papers, the papers he was carrying in, and he's like, I'm not sure. The only the only reason I I found this, the only thing I know how to read is radar. I thought maybe you'd you'd want to take a look at this uh, these before I toss them. Found them before, behind one of the consoles in the next room, so like hidden behind one of the consoles is what he's saying. And he has these sheets to him, and it's a bunch of I don't know red lines across a batch of graphs. Yeah, yeah, some kind of graph data. Which I mean, later we find out what it is, but initially it just looks like crazy. I don't know. Yeah, graphs. He's like, um, thanks. I, I'll have a look at them. And then he, we see him make another look at the cage all kind of creepy-like, or like, I don't know, appalled maybe is what it would really be. Does the cage light up at one point in his that's vision? What, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. We see the shot from inside the cage, and I don't know if it's the cage reaching out to him, or if it's, I'm not exactly sure what the imagery is supposed to be telling us there, because all the lines light up inside the cage. Yeah. And then that's when he has his nausea moment. Yes. So I don't know if it's a... An episode, or if it's the smell. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure what the truth is there. I mean, he says it's the smell, but it could be something else. I mean, I don't. Being it doesn't happen again, I don't. I don't know. Right. I guess once we get to issue two, maybe we'll find something else it, out by that. But it was it was an interesting little thing for a moment. It matches the full page panel before with the monkeys in space and space with all the yeah, light changing. Yes, light changing. So yeah. I kind of wonder if maybe it's something they're trying to reach back. Definitely. Is what I thought it was initially. I don't think there's enough there to 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 be sure of that. Not really. Right. But it was a thing I thought for a minute. Me too. Um, so from there, we, we jumped to later in the evening, and uh, we, we're now back at, I guess, David's apartment. And uh, he's watching TV, and it's talking about the troop movements between uh, uh, the Polish border and the, the President Nixon warning the Soviets that they're not going to put up with such aggression. And so it's just giving us a lay of the world. And it's a TV that's playing, going over all this stuff, and talking about Senator John Kennedy and defeating Nixon and... As he, this is playing in the background, it basically just tells us what, what generation it is, what year it is. Yes, yeah, it's to set us in the right timepiece. Right. And so we see the papers that he had gotten from the man, and we see that what they are is, it's a heartbeat track. It's a heart monitor. And uh, as, as he's looking through it, he sees the times when these heartbeats were taken, and something about it disturbs him. So he makes a phone call, and he's calling a fellow named General Talbot. Apparently General Talbot's the one to sign him to the job in the first place. And he calls General Tabbitt, and he says, he, when he gets to answer, he says, Hey, sir, this is uh, Dr. Donald Pembroke from MIT. Uh, you assigned me the, to Cape Canaveral? And the, he replies, Um, yeah, what's this about, Pembroke? We're in the middle of a dinner here. And he says, Well, sir, I'm very sorry to disturb you. It's just, well, I found something very strange today. Something that, quite frankly, doesn't make any sense. And I don't know who else to bring it to. And so the general says, Well, go on. And, uh... From there, we cut to a like a weird, and it's not weird. It's like a shot of a uh, 1959 where it, with the rocket in the background, and it's got a date. And he says, "Well, sir, it seems to have readouts from the two primates that were launched in in the final Jupiter mission, Abel and Baker, 
the heart and vial readings for both of them. And then Pembroke says, still, Sir, are you still there? And uh, the general responds, Why are you bringing this to me? And he says, Didn't Sergeant Jones tell you your objective was clear? Why are you going through the paperwork? We need any equipment that can be assigned to a basic to basic missile project anywhere else. Everything else should be destroyed. So he basically just rattles off to him what he's supposed to be doing. He, and he replies back, I know, sir. Jones made it very clear. It's just, well, I'm something of an aficionado in the former space program. It's why I was it's why I was so eager to take the job when you offered it to me. Maybe well, it doesn't matter that I, what I thought. The point is, sir, something isn't right. And then we see a shot of like the capsule with the primate out in space. And while that's going on, we're getting voiceover stuff. So all this is being either his conversation or it's his what he's saying to the general in a uh, like a voiceover box. He's like, Well, I'm well versed in those those Jupiter rocket missions. The monkeys Abel and Baker they reached Earth orbit May 28th at 2.34 a.m., and then both primates died when the rocket failed with at 2.39 a.m. And the general says, so? And we see a close-up on the graph, and it shows the times from the heartbeats. He's like, well, sir, there's, there's active heart and visual readouts for Abel and Baker. They're time-stamped at 2.47 a.m., that would be eight minutes after they died, sir. I mean, the mission and the deaths, those animals, well, they... The reason we shut down the space program, sir, shouldn't we at least... And you hear a click on the line. And he's like, sir? And then from there we see a close-up of one of the shots saying it was 2.35 in the AM. And uh, we join the next page, which uh, is this crazy, awesome, like, outspread shot of all these little boxes of things happening... More voiceover from Cape Canaveral, the time of the original launch. In the middle of it, there's this giant shot of a screaming monkey with a, a bunch of E's, like the letter E. Like, E! Screaming. Screaming. Screaming monkey. And like, as the boxes move, we see shots of the monkey looking normal, the monkey looking more and more and more and more agitated. And the whole time, the people in Cape Canaveral trying to figure out what is going on. And like, the, the readout from it, the little, the little pictures, the way they track, it's really pretty cool. And the whole time we're getting these inter- intermittent boxes that are heartbeat. And then eventually we get a whole bunch of close-ups of the mouth of the monkey as he's screaming, and the heartbeat goes flatline. And we see a couple panels just what look to be like, I don't know, blood or dots or whatever. And uh, at that point, we're to believe the monkey is dead. The next page we turn to is at 2.41, and uh, we see disheveled images that look like photographs, and then at 2.44, all of a sudden we see a, a kind of close-up. Then it's a small picture of a monkey with blood flying everywhere, a monkey with a blown-up head, and then a monkey with a blood spot around its head, and then a lot less blood than the previous shot. The entire time, boxes of the flat line happening. And then at 2.47, all of a sudden on a white page with just the scene of the heart monitor, it says 2.47 and we have a spike in the heartbeat. Then we rejoin regular time, and uh, we've done join join Mister Pembroke as he's back to, heading back to the office to go back to work to keep taking apart things at Cape Canaveral, or you know, not think about what he saw the night before. And uh, he gets to the front door and he says, "Hey, officer, the guy who greeted him the previous day." He's like, "Sorry, Doctor Pembroke, I'm afraid your access has been revoked." He's like, "What? 
No, that's not right. I just... To call Sergeant Jones, he'll clear this up. He says, Sorry, sir. Uh, it wasn't Sergeant Jones that gave me the orders. You'll have to leave the premises immediately. Uh, we have orders to escort you to off campus. And he's like, For Christ's sake. And off he walks, and as he's walking, all of a sudden it starts raining, because that's how it happens, right? And he gets into his car, and uh, he realizes there's a man in the back seat of his car wearing a flat hat, very men in black, like espionage style suit, black hat, black top. He's like, don't turn around, Dr. Pembroke. Just start the car and drive away. And he's like, what the hell? He goes, please, I'm not going to hurt you. So he's like, get the hell out of my car. And the man says, didn't our man get you the printouts? Didn't he get the printouts to you? And he says, your man? He goes, yeah, Chapman, didn't he get, didn't he get them to you? And he's like, yes, yeah, yes, I have them. And then we realize that apparently Chapman, the other fellow from the cleanup organization or cleanup group, um, was meant to give him the... He's working the for somebody house. else, for sure. Right. Um, so he basically just incorporated him as part of whatever's going on with the dude in the back seat. He's like, good then, trust me, doctor. You're, you're going to want to hear what I have to say, but we can't be seen here together, so please drive away. Just head south. And so the doctor drives away in the rain, and we see the bond like a deserted road next to the water, and However long they drive, we have no idea because it didn't say anything about that. He's like, uh, so who are you? And this is the doctor talking. And he's, uh, the man says, who do you think I am? He's like, ah, KGB? He goes, don't expect me to answer that or any other questions. What's important is that I'm going to, what I'm going to tell you and what you need to understand is I pull over here. First, I need you to memorize this and hands him the little card. And he's like, Berlin. On the card, it has uh, Demetri Wilhauser. And then it's got a date and a number and then the word Berlin. We learn that it's an address. And he says, that is where you need to be. Memorize it and destroy it. He's like, Germany? I'm not going to Germany. Are you insane? He's like, listen to me. You're on the cusp. All you need to do is take the last lap. And uh, from there, we cut to the next page. And he's like, the Jupiter mission? The monkeys? They didn't die when NASA said they died. He said, no, Doctor, they didn't. They didn't die. And that's not all. And we see a shot of the dog, which would be from the Russian, um, the Russian, uh, launch. Uh, this is Leica? Leica? Yeah. Le- I think it's how you saw it. Le- 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 Leica. Leica? Yeah. So the space dog Leica. Um, anyway, so we see the dog and what looks like out in space with a broken rocket in this big blue cube that the dog's floating into, and part of what we're seeing has the dog itself being sucked into it, like half the dog inside the cube. And it says, and he says, uh, and that's not all. It didn't just happen to the United States. Russia, Russia as well, with Sputnik 2. Leica was on Sputnik 2. It didn't fail like they reported. Laika made it into orbit, just like the primates, Abel and Baker. She did not die upon launch. And uh, the box we see in the middle, like one side of it's got this big blue, like, I'm just opening. And the other side is broken down into cubes just floating around with have different pictures of the dog in it. Like, it's very, I don't know, man, it's, it's crazy, but it's really visually pretty. And uh, we join back to the conversation, and uh, Pembroke says, That's insane. Is yes, and beyond reason. What happened to them? It's beyond everything. And then we turn from there to the next page where we see this giant kaleidoscope. It looks like the album cover of uh, 
Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon, with a crazy triangle in the middle, a bunch of little boxes, and with a one beam light coming to it, and then a rainbow coming out the backside. So if you know that album cover, that's what it looks like. And uh, there's some more voiceover. And uh, so he says, this is, this is what we know. This is the facts. In May, May 28, 1959, the United States launched their final rocket into space. The passengers were uh, two monkeys, Abel and Baker. On November 3rd, 1957, not quite two years earlier, the Soviet Union launched Sputnik 2 with one passenger, Laika, on board. Or Lika, 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 I don't know. Is that how you say it? Well, I don't know. It's, it doesn't matter. It's spelled funny because we're not Russian. Right, that's, that's why. Uh, we reported that Sputnik 2 blew up on launch and that Lika never made it to orbit. You reported that, uh, the Jupiter rocket with Abel and Baker died just after reaching orbit. Both both the space programs were abandoned as a result. So that tells us he's from Russia. That he's Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably is KGB. Anyway, uh, did you ever wonder why these two failures were enough to frighten both organizations into quitting and abandoning their projects in the middle of the space race, Dr. Pembroke? Did you ever wonder why? Because what really happened was terrifying enough that what really happened was enough to stop both of them from trying to get to space. You see, Doctor, the animals did not die. They were taken. We jump from that. There's actually a little note on the page that says, image as like a likeness to Dark Side of the Moon. There's actually a note about it right here. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so the picture, it's got a logo of the artist, and then it says, after Pink Floyd. Um, Nice. So it's 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 a reference to it being an homage image. So it is supposed to be that album cover. Anyway, um, and we think that they're still out there, so referencing the animals not being dead again, and uh, then we see again the heartbeat at 247, and we join one little monkey walking in this giant white hollowed out void. void. I mean, there's lines of dimension that make it seem like a shape, but it looks like, uh, think being on the inside of a space station where you're in the, uh, I don't know, I guess in the room that has no doors and no windows. Because there's imagery that makes you feel like you're in a space, but the space is devoid of everything. Uh, then all of a sudden, behind him, there, there's a little dot that eventually becomes the second monkey. And uh, the two of them start walking, and eventually they see their space pod floating. And then the two of them turn around when they hear something else approaching that is the dog. And the dog says, Hello. Now, it's hard to say if the dog says hello and it's like, Human hello? Or the dog says hello, and it's like, animal hello. Because both the monkeys are saying, eek, eek, like monkeys. You know, monkey sounds. But the dog, I, I don't know. The lines indicate that it's probably uh, telepathic. Oh, that makes sense. So it's a, like from Cosmo, the space dog from yep. Guardians of the Galaxy. If you see the lines. Yeah, yeah, inside the bubble. That Okay, that makes sense. It's not, it's not bubbles. It's like not like floating bubbles, like, like inside dialogue. Box. Mm-hmm. But, like, the lines coming out of it, it's yeah. almost like it's just telepathic. The way it's drawn, that makes a lot more sense. You see, these are coming straight out, like, the, the, out of the, the E are coming mm-hmm. straight out of the monkeys. I see what you're saying now. You're welcome. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> Man, you and your rapper nonsense. You don't even like DJ Khaled. I know. But Nobody <laughs> likes DJ Khaled. That's, that's not totally true. No, they don't. I, there's like one there's, song. I no, there's, there's not. There's like one song I like. No, there's not. And there if is. part of it, the song that you like is probably not because of him. Despacito. No, I hate that one. Oh, oh. Yeah. Despacito's not him. 
Didn't he do the music he's, for he's, it? Yeah, he's, he, he produced it. Maybe See, the, you like that song. Mm, that's what he's known for is producing, not rapping. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't think that he had anything to do with that. And say another though. one. That's the other thing he's known he's for. He's in the video, so. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Anyway, regardless the, of... The Bieber one? Yes. Do you know more about rap or do I? That's not a rap song, though. He's not talking. DJ Khaled is a rap artist, technically, or a, or a producer. Well, the original. This is a comic book podcast. Hey, can you can you continue on? Well, we okay, talked about the Rock earlier, and I wanted to bring up the fact that the Rock like did that stupid rap song that I'm still not like that over. Face off. He should have never done that. That garbage like overshadowed the Black Adam stuff. It wasn't really released time for us. So bad. <laughs> I don't know why you're like it's not that bad. I'm like I kind of liked it. Yeah. It's all right. It doesn't matter. Anyways. Anyway, so as far as the book, um, yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Like, the visuals, I think, are really cool. It's interesting. I don't know. Alternative history and weird space stuff, I like a lot anyway. So maybe I'm predisposed to like it just because the, the content. Um, Jeff Lemire's a good writer. I mean, I like how, like, my breakdown of it is not as good as it reads 100%. Like, it's just not. Um, but yeah, as far as the story, it's alternate history, and I mean, I like the idea of sci-fi alternate history, so I think that's really cool. Um, score-wise, I mean, I give it a four. Like, it was really good. I liked it a lot. I like the cover. I, it's, the art is a little gritty from what I would normally, you know, again, I'm, I'm a little more normal, like, 90s style, whatever. But I like it a lot for what it is, and like how the art, the art actually changes at the end. After the animals go through this void, the art on the other side is, like, more normal comic book art. More cartoonish. Yeah, like, regular OG comic book stuff. Whereas the previous stuff is very high, I don't know, I guess... Hyper-realistic. Hi, yeah, I, it, it's uh, high, high concept. Is and what and I, yeah. espe- especially in the case of the monkeys, because you have um, oh, yeah. strands of hair. They, they look like they're very much taken from reality, whereas when they're in the void, they appear to be drawn. Right. So it's two different art styles, and both of them are done by the same guy, so I think that's really cool. I'm super interested to see what the next book looks like, and just like the way it's done. If you were familiar with a book called uh, Gideon Falls, he did the art for Gideon Falls as well. Another image book that ran for a while. Uh, anyway, if that, that helps you with the artist at all. But yeah, as far as the book, I give it a four. Like I liked it a lot. Super interested to see what this little mini-series well, does. What doesn't say art? It just says Jeff Lemire and... And Andre Sarantino. Like, uh-huh. It doesn't say like one does the art, one does the writing. Well, Sarantino's just the second he's the artist. But but it doesn't say that. Like, they split it. It says it in the information, the catalog, when you order the book. Oh, well, why wouldn't they put it in there, though? I have no idea. Like, do you think that they split it? I'm going to say Jeff Lemire didn't do any of that art. I've seen his art. It is god-awful. <laughs> he's a great writer, but his art is not... He's not a very good artist. I don't like his art, really. The only few things I like his art on is a book called Trillium. I can take Underwater Welder and then Sweet Tooth only because that's the only way it exists. Other than that, everything else that guy's done art-wise, I am not a fan of. Like, really at all. Well, you said he liked the, the cover and he did the cover. Jeff Lemire did the cover? Oh, Sarantino did. Yeah, Sarantino I like. Oh. Jeff Lemire, not a fan. Lemire as a writer, 100%. Like, the dude is great. He is awesome. So many good books. Such a good writer. When he draws things, I'm not so much a fan. Sarantino, I don't know if he writes or not. Um, not that I'm aware of, but that doesn't mean anything. Mr. Brown, what do you know about the uh, 
the primordial. Uh, I'd probably give it a three and a half. Um, it, it, I, I like everything about it. I think the only thing that really uh, trips me up about it is is the transitions from what he's seeing or what's going on with with Pem, 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 Pembroke, Pembroke, yeah, Pembroke, David. sorry, um, to these uh, monkey aliens. And while the the pages themselves art wise are really really fascinating, um, it, it reads a little choppy. Um, that's probably the only reason I don't give it a four. The art's great. Um, uh, if there was a little more dialogue in between, um, and I know you're not supposed to know what's going on, right. but if there was a little bit more dialogue from him going, wait, what's going on? I don't understand, blah, 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 or, or, or whatever, and then it was, you know, him moving into whatever he's moving into. Um, yeah, three, three, and a, three and a half. I, I like it. I mean, it, it's a very interesting concept, and the art is fantastic. Um, yeah. Sure. 45? Well, so when I read this, I I didn't understand why they didn't put art and writing or, like, separately, or, like, shared or any of that stuff, and, like, I know, I know what you're saying, is that, like, it was listed that way in the comic, but, or in the, in the previews catalog, huh? but, like, they list coloring, lettering, design, and editor, but why wouldn't they list the other two, like, main guys, like, why wouldn't they do that? I have no idea. And so, like, I want to know, like, does one of them do the the last pages of the art? And because also, like, in the, and then the photographs of the monkeys when their heads are exploding, that's the same art. That Whoever does this does the same at the end. Yeah. And so, like, is that a different guy? And usually they, they break up the pages, and they decided, like, hey, we created this together, we wrote this together. Right. So, like, that's kind of like, and so... That, that's I don't, I'm just curious on that. That's, sure, that's that's a curiosity, right? Um, I'm gonna tell you best from what I know from Julian Jeff Lemire's art. He didn't do any of that. Now, is it Sarantino? I've seen several different books, and Gideon Falls looks like everything else inside there. Yeah, so the cover looks just like the like the most internals. Mm-hmm. So like I can see that part of it, but like I also wonder if Lemire does like the more realistic stuff at the end. Well, the no, that's not his art style at all. Uh, if you want to see Jeff Lemire art, um, look up Sweet Tooth. That's, well, he, uh, but he can change. I don't think he can change. Uh, everything else he's drawn looks just like Sweet Tooth. Hey, everything else he has. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible for the man to do something that's better. Because that, this the, is better. the stuff at the end makes me like the book. The stuff at the beginning makes me not like the book. Sure. I, I do not like the art of this book. Oh, man. And usually I like indie stuff, and I do not like the art at the beginning of this book. And it's too choppy, like, written-wise, it's too choppy for me. And, like, I don't know. It's it's weird with me, like, it flows funky. It doesn't, it flows weird to me. Like, for some odd reason, like, there's some flashback scenes, but they don't really, like... Other than putting the dates on there, that's the only thing that indicates it's a, it's a flashback. But with the... I think if you think of it in a movie movie format, that's no, probably... I, and I read it twice, but, like, I, it's just kind of funky to me. And then, mm-hmm. like, I really don't like the art. Like, like this monkey screaming page was... I really didn't like it at all. Really? I love that. Nah, dude, I don't like it at all. It's like an Andy Warhol yeah, and I, that, sick that's, dream. That's why I don't like it. I like it. See, I like that stuff. I like the end stuff, like this. I think that looks fantastic. The more traditional style, it looks, yeah. It looks like Frank Quietly to me. 
And that's why I was like, oh, that's right. What about the space one? All this, I, this all looks really clean and crisp, and I like that a lot. But I don't know. Um, it's a fascinating idea. I do like alternate history stuff, but I, I give it maybe, maybe a two and a half. Like, maybe. Huh? I don't think the writing's as good as it could have been. Like, for what they have, what they have going on, and like, I don't know, like, We've seen books like this before, actually, with like the the animals that went to space, and there's been a couple others that I've seen with, with stuff like this. And like, and then you have like one of your most famous like Marvel like C list characters in Cosmo is like Cosmo the Space Dog, yeah, which is the same thing. So it's just like this is not something that's new. And so it's like if you're gonna do it, do it really, really well. And I don't think it's done that well. All right. So. Uh, I know. We'll see. Like maybe, yeah, maybe two and a half. Maybe two and a half. Right. Maybe. Well, as far as things, I mean, I I think it's the way it's laid out. And the Easy Rider cover is not. I'm not a fan of the Easy Rider cover. Easy Rider. <laughs> All right. I think the uh, the way it's laid out, it, to me, feels like it's built to move like a movie, with the way things transition, how the voiceover is supposed to be happening all the time. I liked it a lot. Um, I guess we'll see. Like as far as books are concerned, it's only it's only six part, so it's not super long. But I dug it. I'm interested to see the next book a lot. So, but yeah, that's all I really got on that guy. Image is killing it. Like, well, I mean, they're they have they have hits and they have misses. It's uh, for sure. Not that everyone else doesn't, because they totally do. So that cover is way cooler. Well, that's the, that's the second issue. There's a B cover. There's A cover, which is the uh, Screaming Monkey, I think. That one's very cool. I like the other one better. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the B cover. The monkey floating inside the space capsule. The A co- the Oh, that one. That was way cooler, too. That's a variant cover for issue one. Yeah. So issue one had, I think, five covers. This is the primary A cover. It had Dustin the Wind cover. It looked really awesome. It had that cover, which I don't know who did it. And then it had another one that was more photorealistic of a chimp with a space helmet on, and there's a blank. Uh, those are all ones that you can get as as a regular store. I'm sure there's probably a handful of like store exclusives, probably, but not any that I've ever seen. So when it comes to the variant game, it had a it had a, at least five covers. But that one with him floating in the space hub, that's from issue two, which we will have a couple of those at the store too. So you will or you do? We will. Number two is not out yet. Maybe another week, two weeks before it comes out. Uh, we'll move on to the Amazing Spider-Man number seventy-six. All right, Spider-Man number seventy-six. So, if you have not read Spider-Man seventy-five, don't listen to this. Or if you don't care, then go ahead and listen to it. But this is one of those times you put like the <gasps> spoiler thing because, well, like, at the beginning of all the books. You, you do it every time? No, I do it, yeah, every time, but it's at the beginning of all the book readovers. Oh, I'm going to tell you, you. You'd know that if you listen to the show. You're right. <laughs> i got to get my jabs in. This is beyond chapter two. I'm going to read the intro thing. Peter was reminded that he's not the only one with these powers and morals when his clone, Ben Riley, swung back into his life wearing his own Spider-Man suit. It turns out Ben is working for the Beyond Corporation, which recently bought the rights to the Spider-Man name and likeness. Ben has agreed to be their corporate-sponsored Spider-Man with or without Peter's blessing. 
when the UFOs attacked Empire State University, both Spider-Men spring into action. Ben's high-tech suit protected him from the UFOs, poisonous gas, and radioactive blasts, but Peter's normal suit did not. This book is written by Zeb Wells and drawn by the almighty Pat Gleason. Um, so it starts out with a phone ringing and Aunt May in her like super sweet new like uh, A-line haircut. And she's looking all like hip and younger, oh, yeah. younger now. Um, she enters and it's like, hi, uh, hi, May. This, this is, this is Pete. This is Peter. And I'm in the emergency ward of McCarthy Medical Center. And she's like, but and he's like, Okay, oh, I'm hurt. Come quick. And this hangs up, and she's like, that wasn't Peter. And then you see, like, Ben Riley sitting there, and it says Aunt May call ended. It's like, buddy, hey, buddy. It's like, uh, well, what the, what the hell your brother get into? This looks like to- toxicosis or some kind of radiation poisoning. Maybe both. And he's like, ionizing radiation. Yeah, that's that's what he, that's what my HUD said. And and, and, and an am- amatoxin, maybe. I, I don't know. I had, I had to turn it off. I had to turn it off to, br- to bring him here. Did you guys take something, or are you on something? And then all of a sudden you hear, like, where is he? And, like, MJ walks in all, like, fired up. She's like, I'm looking for Peter Parker. And the doctor's like, oh, one moment. And she's like, Peter's in no shape to see anyone, ma'am. And she's like, don't tell me that. He just called me. He's like, that's not possible. Maybe you talked to his brother. And she's like, what brother? And, like, he's convulsing. And, like, the doctor yells, I'm coming. And they go in there and you see Peter and he's beat up and he's in a hospital gown. And he has like this chest thing on, like a respirator and all, all sorts of stuff going on. It's like, like his spider sense basically is kind of talking. It's like, danger, gotta move, danger, but where? Like, inside my body. My body's in danger. Something inside trying, trying to kill me. Um, and it, go, it goes to Beyond Tower and it's like, he's coming back. It was like, well, his uniform is, I'm only assuming he's in it. I hope you'll help us impress upon him the importance of staying in contact. Like, oh, I, okay. It's like, uh oh. Um, my parents waited up for me. I knew I should have snuck through the window. It's like, impossible Langston monitors all points entry. I was like, noted, buddy. I'm like, hey, Ben, this isn't funny. You took the costume off and you didn't say a word to us. He's like, I had to take care of something. The other guy had a problem. Hard to go into a while in protecting his identity, but it was no big deal. Let's look forward. The, however, it happened. The UFOs escaped, and you need to stop them after your contra- contractual rest period, of course, because he's a corporately sponsored Spider-Man now. And uh, you know, you got this, and it's weird because like Ben Riley to me is like just a blonde version of Peter Parker, which kind of is funny to me. Like you go to the, inside the Spider Verse, and like. There's the beginning of Spider Verse, the one, the Peter Parker that dies. Right, he's blonde. He's blonde. Yeah, that makes me laugh. The Chris Pine one. And so he's like, uh, "So I need to check on some loose ends. Uh, can't that wait?" He's like, "It can't actually. The longer the UFOs are at large, the worse you look. And for since you let him go, that hurts all of us. And are you sure? Are sure you're okay?" He's like, "I'm fine." And then he's like talking to this other short-haired red. Red-haired person, which isn't Mary Jane, but like his Mary Jane, I guess. Like I, Ben uh, Riley had a uh, sweetheart that was also redhead. Yeah, very. Yeah, she. Uh, oh man, her she got herself Jane. arrested. Um, she's had a couple different names because like her alias name is one that she was using when she was arrested and been put in prison. Um, I don't remember what her first name was because I think it's they're calling her Janine, Janine now. now. And the youth, the uh, Beyond organization 
got her out of prison back in issue 74. And uh, under the pretense that uh, Ben Riley continues to work for them, she will stay out of prison. And, of course, he doesn't want his Mary Jane locked up, so right. he got her sprung from prison by joining this corporation begrudgingly. He sits down, and he's like, kind of just like broken, and she's like, what's, what's wrong, babe? And he's like, it's Peter. Uh, he's in real bad shape. And then it, it flashes to the hospital, and uh, MJ's sitting next to the bedside, and you know Peter's like sitting there with all all the machines hooked up to him, and you hear like another yelling, Peter... And it's uh, Aunt May. She comes storming in. She's like, "Oh my gosh!" He's like, "What happened?" And they said something about radiation. He's like, "Well, he's resting me." Like, and like, ladies, ladies, one at a time. I'm, I'm not a piece of meat. And then so Peter's awake. He's like, "You're awake." And he's like, "What happened?" He's like, "Oh, some villains, the UFO. I think attack Empire State." And I was like, "Was meeting with Professor Connors about getting his grades up in the wrong place, the wrong time. He's exposed." And so it's weird that like. I think Peter... I don't know... Does Aunt May not know that he was Spider-Man anymore? She doesn't. Ever but since... But so. he still thinks that she does? Because he's starting to say that he does. That's the, he's still... Because he's, he's saying... Some villains, the UFOs, I think attacked Empire State, and I was. And he's he's saying, like, hey, right. like... And MJ knows, but Aunt May doesn't. And so she's like, yeah, meeting with Professor Connors... Grades, wrong place, wrong time. He's exposed, and yeah, she basically covers for him. And he's he's like in a mess, not able to make any sense of anything while he's talking. Like well, he, kind of, but like again, then Aunt May is just like, well, it's not cutting what's going on. Like they need to be checking on him more, and like pulls like the the mom, basically the mom card kind of thing, just like right, goes to check on the doctor. She has questions, and name Jay says something like, he's not the kind that answers questions. She's like, well, he's not going to like what I'm going to do then. Yep. And so then it pans back to the corporate tower, and you have a... Mm, I don't know who that is. It's a... Uh, Vixen? Uh, is that her name? The uh, No. The, the African-American girl is uh, Misty from... Uh, Oh gosh, from Luke Cage, um, sh- um, Misty Knight. Was that? Uh, I don't remember. The redheaded girl with the white jumpsuit. I don't remember her name. Uh, but it's Misty, the one that has a robot arm. Anyway, there's two people that are talking to him, and I don't have any idea who they are. So, and yeah, there's that. And they're like, "Hey, uh, you'll have lead." Chaff for X-ray and vacuum bearings for vapor. The suit's kinetic sensitive fabric could, should let you deal with ironclad and vector the old-fashioned way. Um, get after vapor first. She's the most. And so they're basically like the tech people, like giving them what up. to do. And uh, he's like, yeah, sorry, Killian, it's just weird finishing this w- up without Spider-Man. You know the other ones. Like enough of that talk. There is no other Spider-Man, not as far as we're concerned. And they're like, chill out, Marcus. You know, have some respect. He's like, yeah, this isn't right. Give me an hour. And he, like, takes off. And they're like, an hour? This mission's launched. We can't leave. And he's like, one hour. And he's like, that was unexpected. And he's like, well, you can't control, like, a clone of Peter Parker because he still has good in him because he's Peter Parker's clone. And then they go to the doctor, and he's just like, as I told your aunt, between sending personal attacks, we're still running tests, but your consciousness, that's a good sign. Or your conscious, that's a good sign. It means your organs are, are working, putting up a fight. When the tests come back, we'll hopefully uh, be able to give some, give them some help. 
So what we can do now is like, why well, he's do he's doing it. Like, I don't understand how he's stable. He must be half ox or something. And they're like, well, close. And all of a sudden, somebody knocks on the door, and she and MJ's like, "You, you did this to him." And she's like, uh, "Things got out of hand. I'm sorry. Is he gonna be okay?" And she's like, "Well, maybe if you would have stuck around to find out after you dropped him on the curb." And uh, Peter's awake. He's like, "Ben, if you're gonna talk your way out of this, uh, let's get those lips moving." If she starts swinging, I'm in no shape to stop her. He's like, "Ben's like, all right, look, if I could take your place, I would, but I'm still on my feet and." It's the Spider-Man thing. I still want to do it. I think it's even more important now that you're, uh, you know. But I've decided I, c I can't do it without your blessing. He's like, you want my permission now? Like, I thought you weren't asking. He's like, well, I didn't handle that right. And I'm used to getting the things I, I'm used to not getting the things that I need. I don't expect people to help me. So I don't know how to ask. And that's what my therapist says, at least anyway. Cause he's got, he's got like, uh, corporate therapy. After every fight, right? They schedule them therapy sessions, which is fascinating. He's like, but this is me asking. He's like, it's hard when you're when you're around Ben. It really is. It feels like I'm being asked to share my life, and I don't know that there's enough of that to go around in the first place. And that makes it real easy to ignore that this is all even harder for you because you deserve to be who you are. You deserve to do what makes you happy, and you deserve to be Spider Man. He's like, thank you, Peter. You get better, okay? He's like, I'll be out of here in no time. Don't get too comfortable on your own. And the last thing, Ben, he's like, yeah. He's like, be amazing, which I thought was pretty awesome. And then MJ's like, hey, uh, I'd be mad right now if you weren't the sweetest man alive. And then she's like, Peter's like, I'm just just waiting for Ben to get out of here. You're shot. I can't feel my body. And then she's like, help, somebody help. And then he like he's clutching his chest, and he's like, he's seizing up. We're losing him. And Peter goes back into that, like, the red text where he's, like, he's in his own head, but I think it's almost Spidey sense. He's like, I can't. My body's in danger. He's trying to shut down. I can't let it. Gotta escape. Gotta go away. And he, I, So I don't know what he means by, like, he's gotta escape, gotta go away. It's like, definitely spider, yeah, spider he's, sense. He's yeah. internalizing something. Because yeah. something's attacking from the inside. And so, like, something's inside of him. And, uh... Then he goes to the, uh... The UFOs. And they're like standing in a building somewhere. And it's like, well, we, we've got heat sigs on all four. Audio up. They're like, shouldn't be here. You're clear to move on them. And you're, and like, you're, you're, you're clear to move on your own time discretion. It's like, here, we shouldn't be in this, the country. Something's wrong. Then turn invisible and piss off, X ray. I'm tired of looking at you. And the, the, the woman who's, uh, I can't think of her name. is like, like, shh, hear that? And all of a sudden, vacuum bearing is deployed. Starts sucking her up. It's like, suction good. Oh, her, her name's Vapor. And so, like, these... And then, like, brought something for you, too, X-Ray. Hope you like lead chaff. Like, lead chaff deployed. It's like, good hit, radioactive. Bogey down. And, uh, watch it, Ben. And he's like, I'm good. And he's like, Spider-Man? He's like, hell yes, Spider-Man. He comes in, he's got, like, these huge gauntlets on. And, you know, he's doing his thing because he's been pre, uh... Prepared for like going against all form, they like they they broke him down to what he needed to do and gave him all sorts of tech, kind of Iron Manny, a little bit, yeah. Well, the two got corporate sponsorship, right? Those two girls, one's Misty Knight, that's the girl with the Afro. The other one's Colleen Wing, so they're both characters from uh, 
from the uh, Heroes for Hire, and I mean, they were also in the Netflix shows, I guess, but yeah, that's who those two were. How they're connected to the Beyond Corporation, I have no idea. Yeah, score for that book? Give it a three and a half. I mean, the art's great. Um, story, I have no idea what's going on. It's re- like, it's real touchy, touchy situations going like the, with the, the clone stuff. I mean, the clone saga was such a nightmare. Yeah, it was definitely crazy. And that's so, so far gone that. And it's like, it's still just kind of all over the place. And then like the, I don't know. I still don't have any idea what's going on with Spider-Man. Looked like everybody knew who he was and then nobody knows who he is. And like, some people kind of know who he is, like so. I I don't know what's going on. Like I'm I'm out of the loop of Spider-Man, so I don't know what's going on. So it's kind of hard for me to read this book, sure. Because this is a book that you, when you read it, you need to have read at least the the, the previous twenty issues to know what's going on with Spider-Man, or like kind of like, like at least the one before this was, was a fatter book. But yeah, like with the history and stuff. No, I mean like I no, like literally with like with Aunt May not like not knowing that he's like you have to like. I only kind of know that, right? From having like, kind of did some research. Like, I, you know, like if, if if this was if this was thirty years ago and we didn't have the internet, like you walked into a gas station or a comic book store and you just picked it off the shelf, you'd be like, I don't even know what the heck's going on, and you would not be able to figure out what's going on. So, like, I feel like it's almost it's at a point in a story where like you have to have been a, a fan for long enough, right? That's kind of where I, f- I feel about it. And so, like, Gleason murders it with the art, so that's why I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. But, like, I mean, and, and the writing's good. It's just, like, I don't know what's going on. Right. And so it's just, like, it, it just kind of, like, eh. I'll just put, so I'll just put it right, like, right, right down the middle, so. So did you, what was your score? Yeah, like a three-ish, like. Mm-hmm. But and also Arthur Adams covers great, so because Arthur Adams just mur- murders it when it comes to covers, yeah, so good. Mister Brown, what do you know about the uh, Spider Man? Yeah, I'm going to give it a three as well. Um, I the art's great. Um, even not knowing what's going on, I, I I mean it still has a lot of heart. Um, the the spider scent stuff and him kind of drifting off into um, they, they say it's a coma, but uh, whatever is really, really cool. Um, those last couple panels I really enjoyed. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, I like Ben Riley just fine. Um, yeah, I can give it a three. Cool. Um, I follow suit. Uh, no, I give it a three and a half. Uh, as far as the scores, I mean, Gleason, he's just so good. And Pat's such a cool dude. And he just, for ha- from having multiple conversations with the man in life over his time at DC and now at Marvel... Like, the dude is, he's just so cool. And I love it that he's on such a popular book and such a huge book. I think that's amazing. Um, as far as the uh, story's concerned, I, the story's been good, and I'll give you, there's been a lot of weird... So just before this, Nick Spencer finished up a, a pretty long run um, that wrapped up a lot of loose threads. Uh, but as far as, like, Spider-Man, yeah, it's a constantly moving thing, so there's a lot of... If you haven't touched him in, I don't know, ten years five years, it'd be real hard to understand all the nuances. I mean, this story by itself, I'll give you, I, I thought this was the previous issue whenever I, I was like, let's do this book. So that's on me. But uh, it still has a lot of heart, and like the whole be amazing thing, like Josh said, is such a cool line. It was Like, cool. it's so cool. 
I love it. So cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, Sp- Spider-Man, I think it goes in waves of me caring or not caring. Um, but I, at this point, I definitely, I definitely care. So yeah, three and three and a half. Awesome. Likes it a lot. I read a lot of Spider-Man as a kid and I've told the story before, but it's been a long time. And only because that, um, as sweet as of a woman is that she is, she knew that I like comic books, and she knew that I liked a comic book that started with an S and ended with a man, and there was red and blue involved. <laughs> and so, like, I read the crap out of Superman, and that was my jam. But she thought it was Spider-Man, so she would just buy to me Spider-Man comics all the time. Is this your mom? Yeah. Yep. And so, like, I just... She just bought me Spider-Man comics after Spider-Man comics, like, just to be like, hey, I got you a new comic book today. Like, I hope you don't have this one. And I was just like, I don't, because I don't read Spider-Man. <laughs> and so, like, because I read Superman, and right. I was like, but I read a lot of Spider-Man because of that. And so it was like, I know a lot about Spider-Man, and it was like before, and then leading up to, and then during, like, the whole Clone Saga thing. And then, like, Maximum Carnage and all that stuff. Like So I was, I have a lot of that stuff, and I read a lot of stuff, even though right. I wasn't necessarily into it but i also read anything that you put in front of me and so it's just like i always like ben riley as far as like he's a cool character if he's written right but he has to be written right i think that this could be really cool and as long but they've also took away his cool spider-man suit not a Scarlet Spider suit, right? With this stupid jean jacket that's dumb, and like the it's jean not jacket. jeans. It's a je- it's, a, it's a hoodie. It's, it's like a nineteen eighties like bodybuilder on Venice Beach hoodie jean jacket thing. It's, it's stupid. Not it's not jean. Yeah, you don't know what it is or not. It's blue and it looks denim. <laughs> it is not denim. You don't know. <laughs> You're not, not there. It's not denim. You're not Spider Man or the Scarlet. I've never Spider-Man. seen a denim. <laughs> I've never seen a, a like. Denim. I've never seen a belly like a belly hoodie. Like, with the sleeves cut off, either. I've never seen a denim hoodie, ever. Okay, well, you haven't been to Ross lately. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> no, but I I'm just saying that, like, the Scarlet Spider, I'm not talking about that costume. I'm talking about the cool costume that he had, where it was, like, more blue and, like, the... Big, big legs that came out for the spider uh, symbol. Yeah, it was, like, it was just... The spider symbol went all the way out. Oh, yeah. And, like, that... I think the Ben Riley, the Ben Riley like Spider Man costume is cooler to me. I always like that a lot. So. Right. Um, but the, like this new one, they, they kind of made it too in between. It's just like too muddled. Gotcha. Big fans, they, he unless they have some moment where he's like, "I'm going back to my original costume, the cool one." You know, I don't know. But I not mean. so far back, I gotta wear a jean jacket hoodie. <laughs> it's not Scarlet, not Scarlet Spider. You know, I don't know. I don't know whatever happened to that costume. Because you're right. I mean, you're right. It's like a hybrid of it in the, the book. Because it's it's got the bigger spider, but it's not the same. Kind of. I mean, it, it has it, but, but it's like, not the same. And he's got the gauntlets now. Right. It's, but like, but then his hands and the old one, like the blue and all the way down. Yeah, the cool fingers. Yeah. Yeah, the cool. His like, whole arms were blue. Ninja grip thing going on. But his whole arms are blue in the yeah. old one. So, I don't know. I like Ben Riley. He's a, if he's written right, which is very hard to write a clone of Peter Parker. He had multiple clones too. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. At least, that, at least but, two, because this, this Ben Riley may very well be a clone of the other Ben Riley. It, yeah. See, there you go. Nobody cares. Some some people do. They don't. They do. Nobody ever cared if there was a clone of a clone of a clone. Like that's the whole point. It's like this isn't multiplicity. 
Like, we know what happens if you make a clone of a clone of a clone. Yeah. Hey, Steve. This was get stupider as they go. Come on up, Steve. We're spitting on bugs. And that's why what's-his-name is, like, falling apart. Talking about, uh, Kane? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a clone of a clone. I want pizza. <laughs> Someone's got to. A chainsaw? <laughs> See, why not? I love multiplicity. So, it's a brilliant film. It's so good. It I is. die it laughing really, every really time. So good. A chainsaw? The fact that oh, Keaton yeah. didn't win an Academy Award for that. Because <laughs> he was doing what Eddie Murphy did. Like, oh, yeah. You know, Eddie Murphy played like every part. And, that, professor, like, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, but like. Keaton was doing that way before that. Like, oh yeah, multiplicity is great and oh. way better than Nutty Professor and Dream Team. He should have won it. You know, uh, should have won an Oscar in Dream Team. Dream Team's good too. Yeah, I do like that one. Come on up, Steve. We're spitting on. But his name is not even Steve. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <sighs> All right. I liked it. As far as like, I don't know what's going on. The only reason I know, I kind of know that there's like. Because I was like, I've seen this cover before. Is like because I follow Arthur Adams on Instagram, right? And so I like I watched like the breakdown of him making these covers. There's a new one coming up where it's like the side of a building. It's um, it was like in the hospital. Oh yeah, with the different levels. So cool. Things happening in different windows. Yeah, that's next, I think it's the next issue actually. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Mm. It's either the next one or the one after. It might be seventy. Let's see, this is seventy six. It might be seventy eight. I've seen the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It has a different uh, eighty two. Is it eighty? What seriously? Mm. Is that far away? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because hmm. all the different scenes happen in different panels. So 82, Google that, people. I like that. Arthur Adams kills it every time. That dude's awesome. So good. All right, we'll go and run the interview. Uh, this is from the Colorado Springs 2021 Comic-Con. This is an interview with uh, Tom Wren. We'll go and roll that for you now. Steve at Top Live Comics Podcast here at the uh, Colorado Springs 2021 convention, and I am here with Tom Rain of Civilized Galactic Gear out of Peoria, Illinois. And Tom, I'm looking at some of your work here, man, and it is just amazing. Like, you do costumes. Like, how did you get into this, man? Actually, I started at Renaissance Festivals about 40 years ago, and then this happened. <laughs> so. I wish you could guys see what this is, so. But as far as, like, I mean, costume stuff, it looks like you do all kinds of sci-fi stuff, man. I mean, there's lots of Star Wars right now. Um, yes, it's Star Wars. Um, I, I am married, and my wife said I needed to pick one universe, so I picked Star Wars. But now, because of what's happened in the past few years, I'm now just going to pick Disney, because then I can get a Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> I'm now the hell in almost everything, so, I mean, that makes a lot of exactly. sense. If you're going to pick one, you pick the big one. I pick Disney. Man. <laughs> Uh, so, like, conventions, and uh, you were just talking a minute ago before we started the interview about doing a bunch of different conventions and, cost- and costumes for um, for contests. Like, uh, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Um, I started making some stuff. I used to live here in Colorado. Uh, I was used to um, I used to work at Beaver Creek. And on my nights, I would go home and I would just start making stuff because I was making leather work for Renaissance festivals because I was still doing them also at the time when I was living here. I decided to make something that looked Star Wars because the uh, game had come out. The uh, um, whatever the game oh, is. Uh, oh man! Oh um, yeah, 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 whatever. The yeah. Republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the online game, the online Star oh, Wars. Yeah, game. okay. And but my computer was so old I couldn't play the game. But I went well. I could make an outfit because I got a I got a book that had the artwork in it. I went, this stuff would be great to make. And so I started making it, and then that was like 2013 or so. 
And 2014, I was getting really excited because I'd been going to other conventions. And I said, hey, guys, let's go to New York Comic Con. And everybody said yes. And I bought my tickets. And they thought you could get your ticket on the last day to go to New York City. And that's when I realized my friends were hicks. And uh, I had to explain it to them that this is how it works. But I went there, friendless. And I showed up in the uh, the striped one, and uh, which I guess you'll edit out the fact that I said you'll see photos of it. And um, I showed up in the striped one, and all these photographers were looking at me and going, this is really great. Can I take your photo? I'm a photographer. Yeah, okay, great. It's New York City. And this one guy said, no, this is not the right spot. We need to go against this wall. And went, okay, great. And thought nothing of it. The next morning, as I'm walking in wearing the same outfit, all of a sudden, you're the guy, you're the Jedi, oh man, you're the Jedi. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the Jedi. I have no idea what's wrong with these New Yorkers. And, well, that's a different podcast. And But what was happening is that I didn't realize that the guy was the head photographer for MTV, and I became MTV's official Jedi for 2014. And I'm like, what? And that's what, well, maybe there's something to this. I, entered the, uh, I finished the costume in 2015, went to Anaheim. One uh, second place at Celebration. Then I realized that maybe I could go up one set more. The next Celebration that I was able to go to was in London, where I got first place. And then the next one was in Orlando, because they had changed how the stuff was going, and so we had a group. And so the woman, I found uh, Anna Sawyer, uh, who's in one of the photographs here, that she started making the uh, textile parts. If she's listening to the podcast, she knows I got the word right, otherwise she yells at me. And, um, by the way, this is no caffeine. And um, we entered, got the group, uh, one group, uh, best Jedi group. Uh, my friend, this is the other thing too, is, and then the next time I entered a contest, I got first place in Zurich, and which the Swiss give you money, which is great. Disney, the Swiss give you money. Um, when you win, just let that hang there. I hope that's a just unpleasant pause for, uh, edit that out, please. And, <laughs> Keep it for yourself. That's funny. But no, it was... Um, but I, I'll get phone calls. Almost everybody who's beaten me, I have become... Either knew them beforehand or were friends with. And they'll be like, are you entering? Yeah. What are you building? I don't want to tell you. No, tell me because I want to hold up my game. Here's what I'm building. And they're also here on the other end of the phone or the, you know, the other end of the text message of it just going like, oh, I'm going to have to up my game. But um, a good friend of mine... I was helping him with it. I said, I don't think you want to do this costume. And the last minute, he did something else. I said, that's what they want to see. He got best to show in Chicago. Um, this is when Ann and I were just doing making costumes because people kept asking, are you guys entering? We said, no, we're just going to do something for fun. And if you type in um, Canto Bite, you'll have all the official costumes and this photograph. It's like the Canto Bite costumes. We're like the fourth or fifth one that always pops up. And we're like... This is ridiculous. and But, you know, um, I'm happy. I would love to work for the mouse and do something big like that. My biggest hang-up is I really can't stand big cities. Sure. I'm here in Colorado Springs, and I remember when Colorado Springs was smaller than it is today. Sure. It was a little bit more quaint than it is. So if you want to see your stuff, is there a website we can find it on? Yes. Um, you can either find me on Facebook. I'm old, so I'm trying to re learn something called Instagram, and I wish I was lying about that. I don't get it. I would seriously hire a 15 or 16 year old that would go like, hey listen old man um, because uh, yeah, or uh, civilizedgalacticgear.com is where I basically build Jedi pouches and the accessories for Jedi because this on the side every once in a while I will find somebody that goes, well, you're talking like you know, what most people would spend love to spend on their first car and then every once in a while that person will go, okay when? And I'm like, when do you need it? And then, 
then we start designing and building from there. Sure, but, some people can commission you there too. Oh yeah, which I'm I'm waiting for a guy here today. He's he's like, oh, you're going to be in town. I get my measurements and I'll give you a deposit. I said, when do you need it? I haven't decided yet. I'm like, <laughs> Please give me an end date. So I, because I, I, I need closure. You got um, some awesome looking boatcasters and impressive guns. Well, that's what I did. The the boatcasters are what I did during COVID because I got bored, and I I found a ton of Nerf guns and started going. You know, if you combine this Nerf gun part with this Nerf gun part and all of these other plumbing parts and then these these auto engineering parts and then you look at the original artwork for for. Um, bowcasters and all the Wookiee weapons, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Everyone goes, oh, look, they're steampunk. Like, no, don't you guys look, it's a Wookiee gun. And, but I'm like, I, I've just given up because apparently Wookiees are steampunk, which is, that's right there. That's a, that's it's a. It's an crossover. That's a, yeah, there's a crossover. Oh, yeah. No, they all are steampunk. That would be pretty cool. Heck yeah. That would be cool. So, yeah. So what is your go-to karaoke song? Wow. Um, if I had a good voice, you know, otherwise it'd be, if I had a rich man, because I can fake that one fairly well, but if I had a decent voice, um, man, you caught me off guard, because I'm, uh, <laughs> I would like to probably do a ballad, oh, but, man. but, but more a, a Dean Martin ballad, not the, not, oh, not, not, crooner not, action. Oh, yeah, definite crooner action, because, you know, and, um, but you have to do it with a, a low ball, a low ball on your hand and dark sunglasses. It's true. Yep. So that would be good. Okay. So if you were Thank stuck you. on a deserted island uh-huh. and you only take five items with you, what five items would you take? A boat. Good. Or a seaplane. Um. Uh. Oh, a, a sling ring. There we go. Because eventually oh. I'd have enough time to finish to figure it out. And um. Uh, two. I get two more items. Yep. Uh, they can be people as well. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in an island. I'm going to get stuff to get off the island. Right. Oh, um, some rum and a blender. Oh, man. That's where you have a good party. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so we got one more. All right. If you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony? No, I'm not a big <laughs> chocolate fan, and I'm wearing white. They'd be melty, right? They'd be very melty. Yes. Be like, and now, if it was uh, a Fantasyland in the cold, I'd ride a chocolate elk. That would be good. Yeah. Sure. Like, brand new That would be awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, they have animals you can eat off of. Sure. Yeah. If you like chocolate. Well, it's, well, if it's elven chocolate, I'm sure it's much better. <laughs> Not the stuff from a hollow tree. That's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thanks for taking time to talk with us, man. I appreciate it. Did you appreciate all the obscure references that I'm just throwing in there right there? Yeah, they are fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Let me just take a minute to thank Tom again for chit-chatting with us. Uh, you gotta check out his stuff. Uh, find him on Instagram. You can find him at, uh, Beaver Creek Jedi. Uh, but yeah, check out his stuff. The dude is awesome. Makes so many cool, like, leather products and his leather work is just astounding. Uh, but yeah, you gotta check his stuff out. He's freaking great. And like, he had a whole car set up in there that was painted up like a shuttlecraft. It was really impressive. Um, so when it comes to Star Wars, like, cosplay stuff, the dude, he is just so good. Anyway, so, uh, what'd you learn today, Tyler Brown? Uh, first of all, I learned I'm going to go home and watch Multiplicity. I, I want that on the record. <laughs> um, 
No, no. I, I learned about uh, Double X, um, which was cool. I learned about uh, a little bit about Ben Riley. I learned a lot about uh, Cape Canaveral and all, all the all the fun um, stuff that happens down there with rocket ships and such. Sure. Uh, what was the other villain I was missing? Oh, I learned that uh, fingers don't grow out of your eyes. Rather, the other way around. I mean, eyes. finger toes. Finger toes. <laughs> finger toes. Finger eyes. Finger eyes. Uh, eye, eye fingers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all crazy surgery <laughs> nonsense. Got it. Yeah. That's kind of kind of creepy and gross. Kind of creepy and weird. Yeah, yeah very sure. much. Uh, 45, what'd you learn today? Are you also going to watch Multiplicity when we're done with this? No, nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I learned that you guys don't, know, that don't believe that, like, denim, de- <laughs> denim cut off... G- Sleeveless cut off hoodies exist. Made of denim? I don't I don't think so. Sleeveless cut off hoodies. Sleeveless cut off denim be- belly shirt hoodies. Denim. Shouldn't be a thing in general, but the fact that they're denim makes it even more uncomfortable and it's blue, like There's blue no, denim color. There is no such thing as a denim. Okay. Hoodie. Write into Top Five Comics Podcast <laughs> and tell us if you think that's denim. That thing is denim. Is not. Okay. Just a blue hoodie. It's not, it's not colored, right? It's not just randomly blue. It's denim. That thing is oh, denim. It's a particular blue. But it's a particular it's blue not. because it's Spider-Man. You yeah. guys just don't like the fact that it's a crappy costume. I love that costume. Oh, yeah, because you like denim. I like no. I like hoodies. You probably wore like Jenkos too. No, I no. I was never allowed to wear Jenkos. I was allowed to. They, they, my mom was like, "No, this is stupid." Yeah, because she's right. Yeah, she was. <laughs> <He's> right. <laughs> All right. What did I learn today? Um, I, I don't know. But there's such thing as denim hoodies. Stop. It's not true, though. It's there not. is true. Okay. Find me a denim to, hoodie. To Google be proven. It. Google it. Yeah. Proven. I'm not going to buy you a denim hoodie. I said wear. find me one on the internet. You learned about uh, space monkeys? Sure. I don't see why not. Oh, Lika? Lika? The, like the space Lika. dog? Yeah, the space dog. The space dog? For sure. Um, the, I think that's the one that has the statue in Russia, actually. Oh, she has a statue? Yeah. Really? Our monkey's got nothing here, but yeah. the dog got a statue. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, to be fair, they pop up everywhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's a, it's a denim vest, but the hoodie part of it is sewn in. So, like... So, it's not actually a denim hoodie. But that's just, like, what he's wearing. Do uh, you guys have any books to watch? No. All right. Do you? I mean, I do. Good. I've got like, a couple of throw people. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you tell us about books to watch no, while I look at this monstrosity? Okay. All those have zippers. They're not the same thing. Um, so House of Slaughter, issue number one, comes out. Uh, I want to say here in two weeks. That thing should be awesome. Connected to Something's Killing the Children, uh, which that series is fantastic. It really is. Um, so I'd say that guy, since the new starting point, Going over a little bit more of the uh, backstory of the whole situation uh, has at least four covers that were normal type covers. They did a uh, an A and a B cover, and then they did two versions of those same covers as hollow foil, so shiny. Um, Devil's Reign from Marvel Comics as a as a thing. It's it's finally out of the Daredevil series, uh, being written by Chip Zarsky. It is awesome. So that thing's getting ready to happen. It's basically Kingpin coming after a lot of other characters he doesn't normally come after. And being the mayor of New York, he has a lot of other things he can use against them. So that should be really cool. Uh, the artist on it is Marco Cicchetto, and that dude is great. So good. Uh, there's a book called Icon, or The Icon, 
coming out from Dark Horse. It's only a four-part miniseries, but it's like a 50s-style um, superhero character. He kind of looks like a mix between Black Bat from... Uh, well, he's a 50s character, too. Last time he had a book was uh, over at Dynamite. It looks like a mixture between Black Bat and then sort of Batman. Uh, no ears. Different kind of face mask. Anyway, it looks really cool. The couple of test pages for it um, are up on the internet. It's just called The Icon. Uh, looks fantastic. It's written by uh, Mark Richardson. I think that thing will be freaking great. It looks really cool. Um, also, Lady Mechanic is coming back. It's in the current month's catalogs for people that have not ordered it yet, so you really should get on it, because uh, that whole series is fantastic. Uh, art is beautiful. Uh, Lady Mechanic is just amazing. So It's got a new four-part coming out. It's supposed to give us more of the origin for her. So I think that'll be really cool. Uh, that's basically all I got. Uh, anything else? Yeah, we need everybody to like look into who designed the original Scarlet Spider costume and ask that person if they meant it to be denim. Because I, I wrote, is the Scarlet Spider costume and then like denim auto-filled? So like, I'm not the only one that feels that way. Like that, that came up. So I, we need to get in touch with the original creator of the Scarlet Spider costume and Try ask him an what they this meant. This just says sleeveless hoodie. That's all it says. And belly shirt. It's not a belly shirt. He cut, he cut, look, he cuts it. There it is right there. It's just a hoodie. In that. But the spider's not on it later on. I don't care. Pick your argument and go with it. Quit, quit changing. That's not the same one. It does that's exactly the same one. But it's, there's no... Because he cuts the sleeves off. Because he cuts off. the sleeves off. Yeah. That's a hoodie, Josh. Dude, that, was not, that doesn't look cut off. That's that, a, looks, that looks hemmed. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you cut them off and then you hem it. That's how you, that's <laughs> he how you can't sew. Come on. Sure he can. He's a clone. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That is that is not inclusive to clones. And we could be canceled <laughs> for that. Man. To all you clones out there listening. Just, yeah. Chainsaw? Uh, we, we, we know you can sew. <laughs> <sighs> All right, the key. No. The key. Jean jacket. <laughs>